0: All right, let's get this train to rolling. Train wreck. Oh. How about somebody on the forum ask if, if toy, bo- toy-, toy Boat was a real thing?
1: Yeah. <laughs> People love it, dude.
0: I know, I know. Toy Boat. Three and a two and a one. And a sniffle. Yeah. Neesman, shut the hell up. <laughs> what? I said Toy Boat. I'm getting ready. Uh, thank you for that. 11 o'clock <laughs> 11 o'clock comics Episode
2: 172
0: Oh yeah Oh yeah mm-hmm. Oh wow oh, He's ready Don't listen Like that huh Happy Year! Fuck see. What nice a week! What? You gotta be nice. What? You have
3: to be nice. Oh, go! Give me a fucking break! You wow. do. You, you do. S- I, I know. Yeah.
0: How about the one iTunes review? Can Nisman say anything without including the word f in the sentence? It's kind of true. Fuck. No. <laughs> when was that? <laughs> Ow. So when was that iTunes review? It's a. I don't know where is it is. An <laughs> a
2: new
0: one? Fuck It's a, it's a recent wow. one. Wow! Fuck them. You don't need to be belligerent. We
3: give you be... your fucking money back, you whiny little
0: bitch. I oh thought this God. was the bright. <laughs> I thought this was the brightest day. This We're is the blackest day now. <laughs>
2: yes. The darkest yes. hour. Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> no. This I is
0: not the same guy from eleven o'clock com- around comics, is it? No, oh, no, no, no. Because he's like sedate on that show and very, very hostly. To yeah, I
3: gotta, I gotta be the Vince on that so
0: show. So we're our therapy.
3: Mm-hmm. Your yeah. therapy,
0: yeah. Yes, that's all right. Hi, I don't guy. mind being your therapy. Hi. What's up? I need,
3: I need you guys this week. I wow. need you like, I need you like air. I need you like oxygen. Damn. Wow.
0: Yeah. Feel the love. <laughs> <laughs> See. Bring hey. it around. Oh, you wreck it. Hello brothers and sisters it's time for another episode of 11 o'clock comics and I am Vince B. Oh my God. Uh, this is one for the books yes I am oh, Vince yeah. B. Keep it going
3: You're Vince and and
1: yes I'm I'm Chris
4: Yeah that's Chris I'm David
1: That is true you are David and I'm Never Longbottom
0: <laughs> Say longbottom again Long bottom, long bottom. No, you're not. Right. You're not Neville Longbottom. You are Jason Cute Bottom. How about that? Oh, what's up? Yeah, Jason Wooed everybody. In That's the awesome.
3: Because I, I got some Harry Potter shit coming from a direction I did not expect it to um, litter tonight.
0: So you know what? I that good. you should mention that because I experienced something this week, totally out of left field, in, in your a place. Longbottom? No, in a comic, and I, I, I did not expect it from this book and i i never thought that i would see this what i saw in this book but that's the joy of being surprised um And this uh, surprising episode of 11 O'Clock Comics is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com, where you, Mr. and Mrs. Comic Book aficionado, do not have to pay retail for the stuff you love. You don't. It just does not make sense. You can get your books at anywhere from 30 to 75% off. That's going to help a lot when you're bulk ordering all that new DCU52 stuff. So, remember that. You can get, um I think it's all 52 issues. Well, you could. You can't get them now because I think the deal's off because we're in into the, the next month. But you could have got well, them yeah. all for half price. That's 50% off.
4: I don't That's, think they updated the site yet.
0: Well, maybe you still can get it. I don't know. Hey, Go to the site anyway because it's going to be worth your while. dot DCBService.com, and and this is for you people who do not use them. I'm pointing the finger at you. Look at it. You can't see it. But if you uh, are a first-time user, you can enter the following code into the slot and get an extra 8% off your order.
3: David? I'd be waiting for IDW to solicit all those artist editions and load up. Yes. You ain't lying.
0: D- David, yep. what's the code for the people uh, who don't know?
4: E, e- O 8
0: That's not two E's, just, just 20, one. Right, E-O-C-8. Right. Yeah, no one, uh, right. And the you know, someone
4: was done talking.
0: See, that code is unique to 11 what? O'Clock Comics. That's what it stands for. E-O-C, 11 O'Clock Comics. Eight. Hey, speaking
3: of that IDW Artist Edition, we talked about the Wally Wood one, and I think it was Andrew Tom on the forum that unraveled the mystery as to why that one is 25 bucks more. And why is that? Because
0: it's huge honking book it's like huge. uh 14 by 22 i think it's really big yeah it's gonna uh, be it, awesome it's gonna be like uh kramer's ergot number seven that's Respect. a fact yeah the, no it's huge Wally Wood. Wally yes in and it, he
1: worked that size i guess that's why
0: Yes, and it is solicited in this edition of the previews, and I want to talk about previews, yes. I want to talk about Uh previews in a little while, because as I was perusing the latest edition, I as soon as I opened the book, I came to something that's going to make Jason's heart go a-pit-a-pata. Other than the
1: Wally Wood artist edition. uh,
0: Yeah, though, you're going to be uh, forking out for another uh, retrospective on an artist, but you're going to want to I know what thanks. it is,
1: because it's been in my Amazon pre-order for months. <laughs> Davis thing? Yes. Yeah, dude, it's been in my Amazon. Someone pointed it out to me, like, you know how some people, like, you know, I don't know, like, how they do it, but people look for Amazon listings like all the time and just discover things that are, you know, posted and like a year out. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody sent me that a while ago, and it's just been sitting in my, my wish list. Nice. Yeah,
0: it, it looks really good. I'm, I'm looking what for is the... It? It's the Jack Davis, uh, colon, Drawing American Pop Culture, a Career Retrospective. It's a 192-page hardcover, full-color, by 13 from Fantagraphics. And it says... A career-spanning nice. retrospective collating the greatest collection of Jack Davis's work ever assembled. Exploding with exuberant energy, the book includes work from every stage of his career, from his college days through work for EC, Mad, Humbug, wah, 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 and Trump magazines. <laughs> to movie posters, album jackets, album jacket art, proposed comic strips that never sold, and even illustrations unearthed in the Davis archives that the artist himself can't identify. Wow, wow. yes. Wow. Got to have what?
1: it right now.
3: I just looked in my uh, in my DCBS next shipment. Uh, tab which is nice because you can check when you know what's gonna be in your next your next uh shipment coming to you and the uh, the Walt Simonson um Thor artist edition is in my
0: next shipment. Yeah. So next
3: Thursday. Boys and girls, so excited.
0: Our buddy awesome. Chris Campbell uh got the uh Thor the Omnibus one. for his for his birthday, didn't he? Oh, oh no nice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, nice. how nice is that. So oh. Thor for everyone. And yes, Let's do a drink roll call.
3: Let's do it. Um, I've had a couple already, so I'll get, really I'll up say,
0: up. "Wow!" Yeah, I Wow. Uh, Would hey,
3: it's never been, a, been a hard fucking week. All right. There we
0: go. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah,
3: ding, ding. Get off my
0: back. Uh,
3: <laughs> Vince, how about you, go?
0: I have something different this week. I was in the mood for something new. Yeah. Okay. So I, uh, I kind of splurged. I am drinking forty ounces. Of oh old, old English brand eight hundred malt a. liquor. Yep.
1: Oh, I love wow. Old a, Man. I used to drink that in college like nobody's business.
0: It's good. And it I was only it, it oh, was God. only three dollars for forty ounces of malt liquor. Three dollars. Really? <laughs> oh, that's tasty. Man. I love malt liquor.
1: Sick balls yeah. chopper. I love it.
0: Let's let's ah. keep the table run. Chrisman, you My had nothing up. but a speed bump this week.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Yee! Nice. Who next? Uh, David.
4: Uh, something new. I haven't even opened it yet. Uh, the boxer by the the, the Paul Simon. Molly Duker. <laughs> <laughs> That's why yeah. I got to I get had it. it. I had to get it. and just, <laughs> um, It's, 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 it's Molly name. Duker's The Boxer. It's a uh, it's a 2009 Shiraz. Say and, it again. And I'm opening it right now. Say it again. My, say, say, say the vineyard?
0: No, the, the lady. Yeah, Molly. who
4: is it? Yeah, Molly Duker. <laughs> you like it? Uh, is her uh, brother named Hyda?
0: Hyda <laughs> <laughs> Duker. That's
1: terrible. Uh, so I know you're going to ask me next, so uh, I uh, go a little, a little hardcore here. I'm sitting here sipping on some Jameson Irish whiskey, and I'm chasing it with some Diet Dr. Pepper. Doctor Duker.
4: There you go. You drink dude, Dukers, you
3: Dr. That is that is that's like on IV drip for you. The the diet Dr. Pepper. That is your that's your, like your
1: mother's milk.
0: Jason and I are both gonna be consumed by aspartame. It's yeah, gonna it's kill us. It's gonna so kill it
1: was, us. Uh, we had a little thing at our at our beach club uh, and I was talking to a guy who he's a he's an orthopedic surgeon. Nice guy. And uh Long story short, he, he was talking about, you know, uh, like di- diet soda and, and that sort of thing. And he was talking about, like, how this, what the this stuff can do to your body and everything. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, but nobody has to worry about that. He's like, you'd have to drink, like, a couple liters a day for it to be a problem. <laughs> like, uh, 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 <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs>
2: yep. Chris, so, what yeah, are you, you drinking? you have to drink,
3: like, you know, a couple liters a day for it to kill you, Jason. Yeah, so basically uh, you're saying for my internal organs to liquefy,
1: so... <laughs> Pretty much.
3: Yeah. Uh, I am drinking from the uh, Wagonitas Brewery, and uh, they're somewhere in California. Um, but they do some, some really, really nice stuff. And uh, today, uh, they're in Petaluma, California. And uh, I am having the Little Something Something Ale. What? Yeah. I get some of that.
1: A Little Something it, Something?
3: Little Something Something. Nice. It is is little S-U-M-P-I-N, apostrophe. Something,
4: something. Yeah. Something,
3: something. Else. It's a little something, Number
4: something. Else. Uh, uh.
3: And it is, it's, the the label's awesome because it's got, you know, like the, you know, like 19, 1940s, like, you know, uh, uh, World War Two airplane girls on the um, on the label. It is, it's, but it's a, it's a really, it's a really good, um, uh, if it's not an IPA, it's damn near close to an IPA. It's it's, it's very hoppy. It's a very good ale, but uh, the stuff that comes out of um, Wagonitas is is fantastic. I've not been disappointed with anything that they uh, that they have done. And, uh, and our buddy uh, Swarmo on the, uh, on, the form- on the forums is uh, very much a beer connoisseur, and he's a Californian, so I'm sure that he's very familiar with uh, Lagunitas, so the little something-something nail.
1: Love is it. Yummy. Cool.
3: Yeah, it's real In good. In that
1: case, we saved good. the best for last, for sure.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Very tasty. And I've
1: uh, had five of them tonight, so right. let's go. So it's, you're just getting started.
3: Oh, boy. yes exactly no it's a three-day photo shoot this week at work and oh. i am i am the, the the dogs are barking um i'm a little sore but uh um definitely ready to sit back
1: and talk some comics with my boys all right there you let's go it. make it clap
0: let's talk about some preview stuff because <laughs> yeah, i was in, yes, cause yes i was in. you don't have to see it well you've right. seen them online I was struck. No, I haven't. I
3: really haven't. haven't, But the the thing I'm going to talk about, (laughs) you've seen (laughs) this art online. You know, we'll talk about it anyway. Let's do it. Have (laughs) you seen any
0: Have you seen any DC preview art from the books after the number ones coming out? No. 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 Oh come on! It's all over the frigging net. You haven't seen these.
1: no, I don't I oh, I don't look at stuff like that. It's all over the
4: net. Doesn't mean I'm looking at it. Not a fucking you, word. You,
0: you can't stumble without going What I wanted I to say I was I I, I I think regardless of how these books sell
3: with <laughs> 12 on well yes you have Yeah because oh, you know when right.
0: you get, whatever <laughs> I, I actually don't give a shit what any of you think. Uh, re- regardless of, of the sales potential, these relaunch books, I'm, that's my, my least concern. Artistically, I think a lot of this work for a lot of these artists, it's their finest hour. I mean, you're, people are going to look back and say, at, at least creatively, that this was a huge jump for D.C., because I'm just looking at some of these previews, images, some of these covers. Holy shit. What has Travel Foreman been doing to himself? Because I liked the guy's work um, before, but this Animal Man stuff, holy
3: Christ. I really liked his, uh, um, his uh, Iron Fist stuff.
4: Iron Fist was hot, yeah. 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 It, w- Didn't I, he do did that with uh, Swazinski?
0: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. th- this is just like a a jump for the guy. You look at the design of the cover and just what he's doing with the the whole. Um, it looks like a circulatory system on on Animal Man, like it's all veiny and stuff. And he's got the design working. He's got the penciling working. It's just it's crazy how much. I don't want to say better because it's like comparing, you know, your children. His
3: sti- but his style is evolving.
0: It's fantastic, there's a creature. Um, running after buddy and i 'm assuming um ah. his his looks like it 's his daughter maybe um and and it 's got the tentacles going on it 's got talons on it it 's got teeth and it 's all this huge massive organic crap and he it 's so beautifully drawn What is travel for and is he taking like supplementary drugs to make him a better <laughs> artist because this is just incredible. And and then you got Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. JG Jones is just killing on the covers. It's one thing after another. Uh, some of these artists, I I have to admit, I, I haven't heard of them um, too much, or some of them at all. Like the the artist that did. Um, what did Gilliam March do? He, he did, did the Gotham uh,
4: City Sirens. Yeah, and he's doing Catwoman. Well, he will be doing Catwoman, but yeah, most yeah. Of the city sirens in the covers for those.
0: Oh, because that's what I'm looking at. I mean, he did this image of Catwoman sucking face with Batman. It's a beautiful image. I mean, I don't care if it's Batman. It's I friggin' like his art. I like it's his friggin' god smoking, art. and she's got that that little hook in her spine where her ass is sticking out. And it's just yeah, oh it. my god, it's so nice. Um, fantastic covers on uh, Batgirl by Adam Hughes, uh, but the thing that really. Made me go, doink! Was uh, our buddy Greg Capullo on Batman? Jesus,
1: it, it's it's. I'm an- really interested to see that. Yeah,
4: yeah.
0: Well, I got a crush on him since Spawn, so we know. Yeah, that. Let's and, and um, to that. Yeah. this this Batman image is smoking. I'm gonna be buying Batman again for the first time in at least what three years? Two years? Ever since. Oh. Um, <laughs>
4: First time since you know I was a wee lad.
0: <laughs> well, no. Well, come on. I've been like, buying Batman Hawk. for like decades. Yeah, and then I just stopped. But uh Philip Tan on yeah, Savage Hawkman.
4: Daniel You just lost me.
0: But oh, come on! No way. No, actually, yeah. I will say yeah. I will say yeah. that
4: I will say the cover to that first issue of Hawkman. It's classic. It's pretty tight. Yeah. No. It's that, that's friggin', friggin classic. classic. Yeah, you're right. I
1: remember now. That's true. I didn't even remember it was him. You're right. If 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 if. if okay. I, I, I'll give it. I'll give it a shot. You
0: know. Yeah, I'm, I'm even gonna, interested,
4: yeah, definitely giving it a shot. Yeah.
0: I'm even interested in Captain Adam, because what I've seen. I mean, it's Freddie Williams drawing the guts, but the the the, the covers by this art germ guy, Stanley Lau. Jesus. Yeah. They're, they're so nice. But I, that's what I mean. I was immediately struck with just how I gotta say different these books look from what we've seen before. They seem to be have a conscious effort to not just. Go with what you know. What's good enough? They're they're trying to. It seems like they're trying to push it that little extra bit to push it into the the category of like, holy crap! Look at that yeah, cover. Yeah, I, I hope you're right. Yeah,
1: I, I, mean, it, I think it, they. I think they need. You know, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but I, I think they need to. I think they got to get everything right. You know, it's they, they they got a lot of goodwill right now. They need to. They need to do everything right. The writing's got to be tight. I think you're right. The, the art's got to be amazing, breathtaking. It's just got to make sense. Mm. I mean, Got to come out I don't of know about
3: that. I, you know, it's, I think they just need to tell accessible
1: stories. Well, wow, that's c- disagree with what I just said.
3: Y- you can't get any more accessible <laughs> well, than uh, revamp and everything. Uh, 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 no, but what you're saying is that it has to be good. I, I don't think that good and accessible are necessarily the same thing. Oh, well. That's just weird. In, I mean,
4: <laughs> well, because good could be, I guess, subjective so hey, as long as it's... Yeah,
0: it's, yeah
3: it's, I, I think it's, accessible. And the, is Grant Morrison accessible?
0: More now than ever. Well, is
3: Grant... Shit. And, if, honestly, answer the question. Is Grant Morrison accessible? When he uh, wants to be.
0: Right, when and he, his Batman he, stuff has been accessible.
3: No, his Batman stuff has not been accessible.
4: Oh, initially, it, maybe, but... As know, as no. it, it it so what much. was
3: it good? Well, that's subjective. And, and I think if you if you take any person off the street and say, "Do you know who Batman is?" and they say, "Yeah," it's like, "Okay, read this comic," and and you dump them into R.I.P. or or a bunch of other uh, the stuff that Morrison ha- has written, they're they're gonna they're going to become completely fucking lost so is it bad no it just sometimes takes a little unlocking and and really chewing on it it, it doesn't mean that it's good yeah. or bad well for the
1: map for the map like i know what you're saying for the masses like i get what you're saying yeah. so I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that uh, if i did it just be being devil's advocate but i will yeah. say though that like if i think about my own personal comic experiences and we've talked about some of these titles before but i think about uh, I mean, Sienkiewicz on New Mutants I mean, that's when I was exposed to them I mean, I think about, you know you think about like Frank Miller with Electra and Dared I mean, these were not conventional or easily quote-unquote accessible stories, either or they look conventional, and yet for a lot of us they were like our gateways into those characters and
3: then i don't know nah, what were, were they gateways or were they for me little, well i
1: mean again i can't speak but uh, i know i mean you know,
3: were were they, were they gateways or, or were they a little bit dangerous were they pushing the envelope in in places that you know we weren't maybe supposed to go sure, but i mean and, that's all part that, of that i think they, i mean yeah. sure
0: Let's talk about dangerous what about helfer and uh baker's shadow that book com- came completely out of left field, and that's what this whole new DCU feels like to me—like uh, n- not in style, but just the the tone of he- Helfer and Baker's uh, Shadow. It was unlike anything. And that's. Well, I will say this: seems- I
1: mean, we're going to be—we're going to obviously talk about it when we all get the books and read them. Oh yeah. We've broken it down, title by title, already. But I just—the thing I just keep thinking about is I. I want to, like, I'm kind of on, your get focusing on the art side, which I completely agree with, Vince, but on the writing side, sort of the same the same thing I think needs to apply in that. Um, I just, I don't want to pick these books up and read them and then think, like, that it's basically very close to being what I used to read, only just a little tweak, like in Elseworlds. Like, I want some of them to genuinely surprise, you Me know, too. like, I want them yeah. to to just, to not be afraid to just, if they feel like, it completely revamp what we, the character. Yeah. Well, there's
0: they, a reason people stop buying them right yeah, exactly but i'm saying yeah. so
1: and, and and to to their credit it's cert- everything we've seen and read it seems like that's what they're going to do you know we've talked about it. they're going to keep some of the things that were quote-unquote working like the batman like the green lantern basically keep it relatively the same and then they're going to totally revamp other stuff and i think that's the right way to approach it but i yeah. i'm just more i'm more excited about the we're going to totally revamp it things just personally but I, you know and i'm sure other people are more excited for the stuff that's going to be status quo but
0: yeah you got uh Simon Bisley doing the cover of Deathstroke Number Two, Rocking a a huge friggin' robot looking like one of the ABC Warriors from uh the great uh two thousand AD series. And somebody remind me to send Keith Giffen a fruit basket because this <laughs> Omac, what I've seen is smoking, smoking hot. He is living the the Kirby dream. It, it's just it's real close. to to jack stuff but I mean and our buddy Liefeld on Hawk and Dove yikes this just it just keeps getting better and better so there you go but anyway one of the things I I wanted to talk about and for me it's going to be a huge freaking month not only is there a new um uh the uh Craig Yeo's chilling archives of horror comics coming out of IDW this time focusing on Bob Powell there is a complete history of cracked magazine in here and it's oh, so really? yeah, it's so big. They had to bust it up into two volumes.
1: So, oh, Each, wait, think it's a hardcover?
0: No, I think they're paperbacks. Let me get the page here. Um, they had oh, a. It's, they, not,
1: it's not a collection of like stuff. It's just a, like. No, a, it's a okay.
0: history of the cracked magazine. Right here it is. It's called "If You're Cracked, You're Happy: The History of Cracked." Soft cover. <laughs> Each volume is 546 pages. They're, and both of them um, retail for thirty-four ninety-five. Now, if you jump on Amazon, these books are already available, and Amazon offers zero discount on them. So I'm I'm well, really curious to see. No, how these no, 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 no,
1: no. They they uh, a lot of them when they actually just have the listing, but they're not really for sale yet. They don't have the discount on there. No, they're when they for sale because stop. they
0: have X amount left.
1: You know they, they you, know, you, know, you,
0: know, you know, I don't know. I guess they, they, they sold them through the the book trade first, and now they're going through Diamond because Amazon has them. I don't them. think
1: I've ever seen a book on Amazon discounted. Kind of, that's strange. I'm, yeah, saying it, it, I'm just saying. That's no, it's expensive. flat.
0: It's flat out thirty-four ninety-five a copy, wow. and uh, there's people that are selling them used for the same price, and there's you know people other than Amazon selling them new for the the same price, and it's it's crazy because I'm a little bit leery. Uh, aside from a history of the magazine er, it also includes a checklist of every story that ever appeared with credits for the the creative team and the reviews say that that is the majority of the first book i don't know if i want to buy a checklist you know i want the history I, of the magazine but it's cracked i don't know I, I don't think i can i can say no to this but like i said i'm really curious to see how these are going to be discounted through dcbs if at all i mean maybe they won't be who knows? Because they scale their discount based on what discount they receive. So if they're not getting it, I don't think they're going to discount them at all. So we'll see. I don't know. But yeah, I just wanted to point that out because I know Jason um and others have a uh love for cracked, like me. So yeah, check it check it out. Um it is written by God damn it, I lost my page. I hate when that happens. Uh oh, oop, oh, oop. Oh. It is written by someone called Mark Arnold. Good old Mark. Good old Mark, and it's they dropped all the <laughs> right names. Um, Jack Davis, Don Martin, Bill Elder, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, Al Jafay, Bill Ward, Don, Don Oreck. Uh, yeah, so it's like, ding, everyone rings the bell, so i got to get it. I don't know, we'll see. Love that crack. So somebody take it away from me.
1: Well, I think I have... Uh, go ahead. Oh, what's that? No, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, okay. I thought I was going. Ahead. Um, no, I. To, <laughs> we started talking at
3: the same time, and I said, "Go ahead." Oh, I didn't I'm, hear you. I didn't hear you. Uh, I am
0: damn. for you. This old English is good. I like it.
1: Old is good. So, God, dude, Vince correct. was mentioning last week that I have been on a uh, indie kick in terms of what I talk about. You have, and he's right. So, uh, I thought I would uh, bring it back a little old school and uh, <laughs> talk about uh, a Marvel book that. Um, we have talked about it in the past it, it was definitely one of my favorite 90s titles uh and i have read it and bought it ever every issue since it came out back then uh and that is uh thunderbolts Ooh, we well, uh time ago on the show about
3: every that. every issue of thunderbolts yes
1: yes um so we, you know, it was started back in '97 with Kurt Busiek writing and Mark Bagley, good old Mark Bagley, uh, on pencils. Um, and uh, David, I'll pay you ten bucks so you can remember who inked them. Wow. T-Bear. No.
4: No. Um. Not 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 Mouset. Um. Son of a bitch. Not not Randy Emberlin.
1: No. Good guess though. Vince Russell. Yeah. Yikes. Wow. Okay. Right. I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, so I, as I mentioned, also uh, a week or two ago, I did. I finally organized my my regime pile, and there were some titles that had been stacking up to a point of ridiculousness. Well, Thunderbolts was one of those books, so I decided to go ahead and catch up. So, to give you an idea of just how far behind I was, I started two weeks ago reading issue number one hundred and twenty-three. For those playing at home, issue number one hundred sixty-one just came out on the
4: shelves. Yeah, that's what I thought.
1: So I was about four, uh, thirty-eight issues behind on Thunderbolts.
4: <laughs> Yet
1: that's had continued sick, man. to buy it. Damn. So, so, what was interesting is sitting down and reading that many issues in a row of the book. Uh, first of all, it was there over that forty-issue span. There were a tremendous number of uh, creative team changes. Uh, both writer and artist. On top of that, there were a tremendous number of uh, plot and team lineup changes, and it kind of was a reminder and a walkthrough of all the Marvel events of the last few years. The first few issues were the end that I started reading 123, and I think through 125 were um, Secret Invasion bannered. (laughs) So that kind of shows you how long we're going back. (laughs) Um, those were Christos Gage writing and uh, Fernando Blanco on art. And then right after Secret Invasion ends, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> Andy Diggle came over to take the book over, and it was like a complete 180 because I guess what happens is the, um, for those that don't know or aren't, don't quite remember, the Thunderbolts has historically been uh, a team of bad guys uh, who at some points are pretending to turn around and really aren't, and then other points are genuinely turned around and heroic, but they're always either former villains or villains in sort of wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, In the Secret Invasion thing, that was when Norman Osborn was running the team, and uh, the Thunderbolts were a real terrible cast of characters, and it's the same group that ends up right after Secret Invasion of becoming the Dark Avengers. So, you know, it's Dokken and Moonstone and Venom and Bullseye, and when they all get moved over to the Dark Avengers book is when Thunderbolts becomes an entirely different team also working for Osborne. uh and it's that's where Andy Diggle takes over uh Roberto Della Torre does the art um, and you know that was interesting um, it was a total total switch and it felt very abrupt reading it the way i did um, it kind of just shows you how clearly mandated like it just was clear at the time that you know editorial said okay uh, Secret Invasion's over. We're making these guys the Dark Avengers. Bendis is doing that book, and you got to come up with something else. You know what I mean? It uh, it, it didn't. There was no. It, it was very contrived um, in terms of how it switched over from one issue to the next. Um, but you know that's fine. Uh, and on that on that team were um, Vince's favorite Ant Man, Eric O'Grady. Love him. Um, <laughs> Black Widow, not not Nat- not Natasha, but um,
0: the blonde, uh, yeah,
1: Yelena. yeah, Yel- Yelena. Uh, Paladin, who is, um, you know, he, Paladin's a weird dude. He's like, it seems like he's owned yeah. all these, like, tertiary books, Heroes for Hire, like, the you know, the Wild Pack, remember that? Um,
0: is he Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the coolest character, and the one that's actually been in the book f- pretty much from that point on, is Ghost. Um, who is an old-school Iron Man villain, who was pretty cheesy back in the day. He pretty much was, had, like, back in the day, he had, like, a white, he was muscle-bound, and he had a white costume, and he could yeah. make himself intangible. Terrible but, costume. Yeah, terrible, exactly. Um, it was like almost like the Taskmaster's costume if he died at white. Yep. Um, but in this, the ghost is this almost completely skeletal anorexic figure that's mentally unstable and uh, very, very intelligent. He's a, and, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a techno-terrorist. Exactly. He's a total anarchist. He hates corporations. Big big corporation. That's he's got an unbelievable desire to crush them. And people that have been reading Invincible Iron Man, that same Ghost depiction was in a major arc of the uh, of the Iron Man book that Fraction's been writing. Um, ghost so Ghost was a great fucking character. Man. He really is, and that's really probably the the the, the uh, of the undercurrent of all this the, this three year run that I caught up on. Uh, he certainly was a highlight. Um, uh, and then I think it was the other guy that joined the team was Headsman, who was completely superfluous. So so that goes on for a bit. Uh, and, you know, I guess hilarity ensues. I had actually read a few of the issues of this chunk, um... I pulled them out of the pile a while ago because they were crossed over with my man Deadpool. <laughs> I
0: uh, knew the, you were going to say that. Yeah, the
1: Thunderbolts re- See, Deadpool was uh, was involved in Secret Invasion doing something for Norman, and then Norman wants him shut up, so he has his Thunderbolts go after Norman, uh, Deadpool and take a hit out on him. So for, I think, two issues of Deadpool and two issues of the Thunderbolts run was like a little four-issue uh, arc. So I had read those. Um, and then after that arc sort of wraps up, uh, again, rather abruptly, I don't know, it's always hard to sort of figure out whether the politics were whatever, um, uh, you get a situation where they ch- change the whole team up again. Um, and where it gets really confusing, <laughs> dude, it's like, I don't think you maybe would notice some of the stuff if you're reading it month to month, but when you're reading it in chunks, you do. Um, I mentioned that Yelena was the head of this team of Thunderbolts, the other Black Widow. Well, mm-hmm. spoilers, you come to find out that it's actually, even though it's Elena throughout the whole arc. It's secretly not been Elena. It's actually been Natasha disguised as Elena. Right. Oh, that's God. awesome! <laughs> it is awesome, and that was cool. But where it gets kind of conflicted is at the end of all of this rigmarole with the Deadpool thing and everything. And Natasha, her cover's been blown, and she escapes and all that sort of thing. Uh, Norman Osborn shows up and he says, oh, "We need a we we need a new member," and he. Presses a button and this door opens up and of course it's Yelena, the real Yelena in like stasis. And he's like, she's gonna, we're gonna have her come join the team. So presumably setting up where she's gonna be on the team. Well, I can tell you that probably because they again switched writers, never ha- she- she's never part of the team. It's like that- that happens and then... It's and like then it didn't happen. happen.
0: Yeah, they, they
1: just move on from it. And they move on because in Dark Rain, uh, Remender takes over for a bit and, um, our man Mahmoud Asrar does some of the art. And that's when um, they basically recruit uh, Iron Fist to join the team. And they make Iron Fist uh, evil, and they try and get Iron Fist to kill Luke Cage. <laughs> because also, you are evil now. <laughs> right. Well, remember during Dark Reign, the whole thing of Dark Reign, the whole conceit, really, of the whole Marvel Universe was that Norman Osborn was in charge, and he was going around trying to get revenge on all the people that he had grudge against. And you may remember that, that he... Luke Cage had um, had basically begged Norman to uh to do something for him and then Luke backstabbed him. And so this is Norman wanting revenge on Luke, so he sends the Thunderbolts and Iron Fist against him and uh you know you can imagine what happens. Right after that though, uh Jeff Parker takes over. Like after like two issues. It might have been two or three, but it was like very abrupt again. And Parker, who uh I guess at the time had either just wrapped up or was still writing Agents of Atlas sets up the Thunderbolts versus the Agents of Alice. And while I love Parker's writing to death, uh the artist he had for most of the run, uh uh Sepulveda, I think Michael Sepulveda, uh oh, yeah. just not really my cup of tea. Um kind of really for me it just wasn't wasn't floating the boat, you know. And they were they were on the book for quite a bit. And then every now and then Wellington Alvis would uh would jump in for an issue and I like Wellington. He he did uh Nova for a good bit and stuff Um, so you know then that's during Dark Reign and uh, again not not much really happens there after the Age of Atlas fight just a few sort of missions Uh, and then we start the Heroic Age so Parker got to stay on the book but again sort of a big Marvel editorial mandate you have to switch it up and Marvel Age was the transition from all the everybody's evil and Norman Osborn's you know running this whole show Mm -hmm. to okay let's celebrate the fact that we have heroes so Luke Cage is handed the team and, and is, that when, is that
3: when Declan took over?
1: Well, yeah, now that's where it gets it's it's actually uh that was around issue 144 and then from there it's pretty much Kev Walker and Declan uh doing it. Now Kev seems to Declan be Shalvey. Yeah, Declan Shalvey and, and Kev Walker. Now um, some people that have seen pictures of my my uh my art collection know that I have a page from this run from Declan. That's awesome. It's uh, a page where, He's a uh, where, where Iron Fist and Power Man are, are, are uh, getting ready to fight. Um, and and that, that's where the book really picked up uh, for me. Um, the, the coolest part, Vince, the, I thought the coolest conceit, uh, which good credit to Parker is, um, they, their new method of transportation is manthing. Yep. they got Man set up in a little swamp in the bottom of their base, and anytime they need to go anywhere, they just go down into the swamp and he transports them where they want to go.
0: He's the <laughs> Nexus. Yeah, it was really, wow. it
1: was really cool, and and he's kind of a teammate of theirs, like a quasi, you know, because as you, as you know, Man Thing is kind of hard to figure out. He doesn't really talk. He doesn't do a lot.
0: He doesn't think. Oh, did we lose Jason?
1: So, but it's funny though the way he writes him. It's, it's very good because sometimes he's there when they need him, sometimes he's not, and he just uh, he he's sort of always in the background doing something a little wacky, which I which I liked. Um, so so that's where it starts getting pretty interesting. I, I know the book's always been, uh, driven by the idea of it having some villains. I had a little bit of an issue with the quote-unquote new team so luke cage takes over but he's really what he's in this case we're kind of back to the original idea which is that luke cage has to take uh felons that are in in uh that are in prison on the raft you know the big jail the superhero jail and in exchange for basically not being stuck in a in a, in a uh a cage all day these villains have to help him go on missions sort of like a, more like a suicide squad type of thing missions that nobody else would accept and it's uh yeah some of the some of the characters i was fine with like juggernaut who i think is fine because he's he's sort of always skated that line between good and bad um you know so i i didn't you know there was no real issue with that i think Ghost perfectly not fine always. exactly but i'm saying sometimes he was good sometimes he was bad ghost again as i mentioned i thought perfect for this paladin i thought was fine because paladin's always been kind of a for hire guy so he would he would kind of skate the line he's not totally irredeemable though so you can kind of buy into that um but where they they little bit lose me was they put um, crossbones on the team, and he's ir- irreprehensible. Well, and that's the thing. Steve Rogers is now the head. Irreprehensible. Of... Irreprehensible. You think you mean reprehensible? He,
0: he really but knows how to repren- treat a woman, it's though.
1: It's true. But, but, yeah, it's no.
3: He's he is a bad guy. Luke Cage should put one between his eyes. Well, the that's second so
1: season. where it, it kind of confused me was that. Um, Crossbones obviously the one that takes Steve Rogers out. Steve Rogers is back yeah. in the show. He's the one that gets Luke to take this job and then he basically makes Luke take Crossbones on. And Luke the whole time is like I don't want Crossbones on the team. Like I, he 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 can't be on the team and Steve's like no, he he'd be good for your team. And I was like really I don't like I just don't see no. Steve. Like this is the yeah. guy right?
3: That's you take the character at and insert the writer and say no, but he's got a really cool costume.
1: Yeah, so other, but, but, yeah. but, there were, but out, outside of that, that they, they yeah. Parker's doing some real yeah. cool stuff. Um, Hyperion oh. joins the team from Supreme, and Vince, I know wow. you, you, uh, you're an Exiles fan, so you know this is the Exiles version of Hyperion, if you know yeah. what I mean.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, so yeah. This, so, the, so that was a really cool thing. Um, Satana joins the team.
0: Get out of here.
1: Yeah, and Satana is, got a mad on for Man-Thing. So there's a very <laughs> <cute> of course <laughs> up on them which is great. Um so the the net of it all is that to be honest for a good chunk of where I stepped away it was a lot of meandering and I felt like a lot of the writers great writers all of them were forced clearly to do very uh specific arcs that kind of just made the book fit into whatever puzzle the broader Marvel universe was trying to paint at the time. But since that's all gone away in the last say twelve to fourteen issues where Parker's just been able to tell stories about this team, it's gone back to being a very high quality book. So I can imagine a lot of people may have been reading the book at different points of last few years and probably gave up on it. I will tell you that if you're if if you're still intrigued by the in, in the book and you and you um you know are kind of curious and it's always on the fence of whether or not get back in, I could definitely say with confidence that since Parker's taken over and you've had Declan and Kev Walker doing the art, the book's gotten a lot of fun again. And, and even with it's, the interesting,
3: left- it's interesting that you said there's some exiles there because Parker was on Exiles for about two seconds. Yeah, and, exactly. And I know that he did a lot of a lot of background work on that, and probably ended up working some of his uh, exiles ideas into this. Would be uh, my cle- guess.
1: Yeah, clearly. And and he does a one shot in between uh, his two arcs where it's it's called a ghost story, and it's basically the origin of the ghost. Uh, and it's freaking great. I mean, it's a fantastic one-shot. Uh, I mean, it's a single issue, so I shouldn't call it a one-shot, but you know, it's it's just a standalone issue, uh, and it's awesome. I mean, again, he makes the 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 ghost character just fantastic, uh, and then even the last few issues, which are um, tied into fear itself, have been pretty tight, real tight. Um, so. Uh, which, is, as, as I witnessed through some of these other issues, is sometimes tough when they have to be pulled into a, a major event. So, um, mad props to Jeff Parker, um, and then mad props to, to both Kev Walker and Declan. You know, they have very different styles, so you would you, I could see you, as you listen to me talk about this, worry that maybe having them switch on and off issues maybe was a little distracting, but it's really not, I have to say. Um as distinctly different as they are, they're both doing such a great job that I never felt like it was an abrupt switch off. Um, and I will say, and I think I, I tweeted this to him the other day, uh, Declan is just ridiculous. I mean, it's it, the way he draws, he man and 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 the detail he puts in his pages is just ex- exceptional. I hope he, yeah. I hope this is a launch pad for him to do, you know, lots of of big time books for a long time. Uh, now, I'm, now to you get know, back to Satana.
0: Just, is it the classic costume split to the navel and yeah? Ooh. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into I want, that. I want to
3: talk about the art and Vince is like, how much skin do we show? Um, <laughs> no, no, Declan's awesome. That's, I mean, going back to you know his 28 days later stuff. That's what I, you know, part of why I fell in love with that book. And I was so happy to see him um, get some Marvel work. But yeah, he's he's a badass. He is. Yeah, he's oh, fantastic.
1: I I should mention someone else that's on the team. On the team he's known as Scourge, but I'm gonna give you his actual, his his quote unquote real name and we'll see if you guys how good your memory is. Scourge's real name is Frank Simpson. Does it mean anything? Nothing. No. Fool
0: no, I was gonna say fool killer, but no. Um that's not his name.
1: Otherwise known as Nuke.
4: Oh
0: my oh god.
1: Jesus.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: yep. As in created by Frank Miller and David Mazzucchelli?
4: Oh, my God. We haven't seen him since Wolverine Origins.
1: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: really?
4: Wow.
1: Yep. Oh, nu- yeah. Nuke is in the book?
3: Yeah, I, I had read that
0: he was going to be on the team, know, yeah. He's,
1: he's scourge. But, yes, it's It's Nuke. Is that wow. The, red,
0: the blue really? pill <laughs> yeah, you a red. Wow! You know, oh, it's it's wow. it's too bad Nuke wasn't on the team when uh Osborne was heading it because he'd be the perfect character for Osborne because Nuke has okay. that military he, he, mentality he, he, where he would
1: he joins the uh he joins that team um he he joins the team when uh toward the tail end of when Osborne is in charge oh, okay. of the whole of Hammer. Good. Uh, so he does, he does join. Um, and it's just that you don't, you know, you, and Osborne's control. Remember how during all that whole run, uh, Osborne was kind of like, seemed to find a way to get in everybody's head. That's how he was getting a redo. So he, mm-hmm. he of course has nuke. he's got the, he's has nuke taking the pills. You know, he's, he, you know, he, he brings them onto the team. That's my point. So cool. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So anyway, it took, yeah, 38 issues of, uh, of Thunderbolts over the last two weeks.
4: That's, that's going to be I'm going to try to get caught up on uh, Amazing Spider-Man. That's going to be in- insane. Yeah, Boy,
1: man. Th- Dude, no <laughs> doubt so. So there you go, people. I still I still read mainstream, a big two books. There you go. <laughs> I still
3: do. Don't hate me. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> Don't hate five, me. <laughs> dude, I bought Chester 5000, and I was reading it <laughs> in the store, and I was like, oh, 30. my God. I hope no one sees me reading this. They're going to think I'm a dirty old man. Definitely
4: so, not a book you can Yeah, know. that's what's going to make them think it.
0: Yeah, really. <laughs> Maybe it was the other hand on your pants while you are flipping the pages. That was- <laughs> <laughs>
3: It was it was cello wrapped on on the shelf and yeah I looked over at the, and I was like guys I'm gonna go ahead and unwrap the, I'm gonna buy this so I'm gonna unwrap this because they had like the three copies on the shelf were all so solo, solo wrapped and I was like I wonder why these are wrapped up and I opened
1: it up I was like god damn it would
0: <laughs> exactly hey, I, told
1: you, I mean I think I was pretty clear it was very graphic sexually
3: oh yeah 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 yeah
1: but uh, I was like,
3: okay, yep, I'll I'll uh, I'll 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 get this one. i I unwrapped it. So it it is it is uh um very very graphic. <laughs>
1: I, uh,
0: but but in a cute way. It's cutesy graphic. It's not really it, it it's not an avatar book, you know? It's no porn. Oh. Yeah. No, it's cute porn. Oh, it's still porn, yeah. It's, it's kinda like right. porn with, with
4: Foglia would do.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. Like-
3: yeah, it's like porn with puppets. <laughs> have nothing wrong Q. with that.
0: Nothing wrong with that. So you have
3: to cue exactly. <laughs> 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 All right, who's got uh, something
0: gotta, else? Let's let's keep this moving here.
3: I read a book with uh with a bunch of uh, boobies and and big penises. <laughs>
2: okay. No. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me.
3: <laughs> okay. And it was awesome. It was my uh, I think it was my in your travels last week.
0: Wow, okay. what would that
4: be? My
0: favorite book of the year. Okay. Well, okay. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, League of Extraordinary
3: right. damn,
4: Gentlemen. Damn, Vince, way to be enthused. What the
3: no, heck? he's
0: just he's just dragging along stuff he wanted to talk about last week.
3: <laughs> oh, like you would never fucking
1: drag along something you want to fucking talk about.
3: Listen, just yeah,
1: go, I buddy. I, I I haven't uh I was gonna w I, I decided I was gonna wait for all of these these three um these three to be collected into the inevitable hardcover, so I haven't read any of them. So.
3: You'll be it's, waiting
0: another two years for that. I know it's so
1: it's okay. damn good.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's league, so it's it's Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill doing awesome in uh in Century nineteen sixty nine. This is the second of the uh, the top shelf books that yeah. are are detailing the uh the 20th century which actually will will bleed over it's going to be century 1910 century 1969 and then century 2009 so they're going to bring it just almost up to present day and so this is the the second installment and it is uh it all takes place in London 1969 and is Everything that you've come to love and adore about *League of Extraordinary Gentlemen*, it's it's Mina and Alan and uh, Orlando, who uh, we kind of met in I believe in the 1910 book, and so it's uh, it's going off of. A lot of the a lot of the stuff that was set up in 1910 is now is now moved forward, um, you know, almost 60 years, and it's the Summer of Love in in London. So you've got you've got Kevin O'Neill and Alan Moore doing the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with psychotropic drugs and and the Summer of Love. So that's awesome. Kind of, it's yeah. It's, me Mina is wearing so many just like low-cut and mini-skirt outfits with Kevin O'Neill doing, you know, d- Vince is going to love this. There are so many little panty shots that are fan service. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, you know, they're, they're just, just like, you know, Mina is like off in the distance opening up a door and she's just like bent over so there's a panty shot. And I'm just like, yeah, Vince is going to love this book. Not, all, not only is there a giant... Eh, he's all breaking up. Um, but it's, it, it's everything that makes League what it is. I mean, there's that, the, the open sexuality of it, but then there is the action-adventure plot, and then there is what makes League amazing... All of the amazing references and an underpinning of the book, where it just kind of sends you to Wikipedia to kind of start looking up stuff, and you're like, "Oh, it was that. Oh, and that line is referencing this." And um, I mean, there's, you know, the 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 loose plot of the story is that they are tracking down a a, a murderer of a pop star and it the person that that or spirit that that murdered this person is trying to find a proper vessel to transfer their spirit to increase their control over the pop culture as they lay the groundwork for creating the antichrist it's a big plot but i mean that's it and and the the person that they that they end up kind of um, pinpointing as the perfect vessel to control the masses is Mick Jagger <laughs> but exa- yeah exactly, but it's not mick jagger his 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 name is is Turner, and it's actually a character from like a nineteen sixty nine movie that Mick Jagger played. Really, yeah.
0: Uh, uh, performance huh. was it? Performance? The movie? Yeah, it's
3: yeah. It was. It was. It's the character from Performance, is the actual character in 1969. Wow, that's deep. But, but it's, but it's, but it's Mick Jagger. Go on, go on, dogs. Sick chopper. All right, now this is where it gets really, really funny. Okay, Mina, uh, M- Mina Harker, who's uh, Mina Harkness from. Um, from the so Dracula, Dracula? Mm-hmm. okay. Um, she is she is at a uh, uh, a performance by Turner where this ritual is supposed to be taking place of this transference of spirits, and she inadvertently drops acid, and and oops. Goes, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and, and and goes on a big acid trip. Well, there's this guy in 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 the audience that is there to to kind of help her, and and he's like taking care of her and says, you know, hey hey, you know, come come on over here, I'll take care of you. He's obviously you know trying to pick her up and see if you pick up on this she says "Uh, yeah uh, what's your name he says haha well my first name's Tom my middle name's a Marvel and my last name's a conundrum do you and I'll I'll give it away his name is Tom Marvello Riddle
0: okay why should that name
3: remember what I said at the top of the show uh, that I would bring it back around. Who were you? you Jason?
0: You lost me. Oh.
1: Oh, 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 oh. oh. I was I was, uh, Neville, Long, not Neville Longbottom.
3: Neville Longbottom. Well, this is Tom Riddle, who will become Lord Voldemort.
0: Dude, you just <laughs> ruined the books for me.
3: I haven't read
0: those <laughs> <laughs> You just ruined the books. Dude,
3: I just started the third book. <laughs> That's <laughs> well, you. I didn't ruin the books for you, but <laughs> ruined that, it. Dude. The, I not ruin it. The <laughs> man who would become Lord Voldemort actually shows up in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's cool. Uh, he never gives away his name. He never says my name is Tom Riddle. But in that line, he says name. <laughs> my na- my That's right. name
5: is Tom. Tom. Yeah.
3: Yeah, my, and my last name is a conundrum. It's Tom Riddle. And there's this great scene where he goes through the um um after some things happen which I'm not going to spoil where he goes through the train station um the um uh the landing uh in between train stations where where uh-huh. Harry got on the train, you know, the where they walk through the um uh, uh onto the onto the platform so there's there's harry potter references to it it's 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 nuts i mean you you have to read the whole thing because it's 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 alan moore doing league of extraordinary gentlemen which is so many just different amazing literary references that are Dalek in it probably
0: no there is i'm looking at it there's a dalek in it yeah
3: Really, yeah. It's I'm, I'm, I'm not fucking surprised, but yeah, that that he puts Tom Riddle in it as just another character, and that's what that's what makes League so awesome is that it's, it's like this, you know, three hundred year, chronicling of of English literature it's and English cool. pop and really English pop literature more than anything.
0: There's a blue meanie in it too.
3: Oh, okay. get out of here. Yeah. Oh, there's Beatles. They call them the Ruddles in here.
0: And, oh, <laughs> that's, yeah. Nice. That's
3: which, which is great, and, and tons of tons of Stone references, and yeah, it's it it is. Vince, this will be Vince's book of the year.
0: Guarante- I don't know about that. I don't know <laughs> yeah, about guaranteed.
3: that. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Well, the, guarantee. the,
0: yeah. the giant penis has an eyeball on it.
3: The giant penis has an eyeball on it. Therefore, I say that Vince will make this his book of the year. Ah. It's it is so it's beautiful because it's Kevin O'Neill and he is a fucking badass.
0: It's tough, it's, dude. I got something this office. week that I'm thinking is going to take that um, honor.
3: No, no, it's League. League 1969 is the is it is your book of the year. <laughs>
0: It's coming, your, coming it from a mouth other than my own
3: <laughs> this book this book whenever you know in that that shamanic ceremony where you're you're um you know sucking on the hookah you oh, would say alan alan i want you to write a book for me and he would say vince i shall write a book about
0: 1969 <laughs> he's so I goddamn dramatic you isn't he, Thank he you. and he would say vince <laughs> you it's, know, this it's is, it's an awesome it's, segue. Because it's your book. It, no, it's, it's your book. I, I, I'm I, waiting for Vince to figure out a way to,
1: to nominate a prose book for his book of the year by, by talking about Super Gods.
0: See, and again, a next, another excellent segue, because I got Super Gods this week. Oh, no, okay. I got it last week, and I started reading it. And it's, it's fantastic, but something came in the mail that made me forget all about Super Gods. Uh,
1: I know what you're going to talk about, because I need to get it.
0: Yeah, and I'm only—I got a bookmark here. I'm only like 15 pages in, so I can't really comment on the story. I mean,
1: another shout out to our man Chris Pitzer here. Yes,
0: I—I—I I, I got it. Uh, it's distributed by Chris Pitzer and the fine folks at Adhouse Books, but it's published by Nobrow, Nobrow Books, and uh, it's called "Forming" by uh, Jesse Monahan. And holy shit! Uh, I opened up the, the envelope and it just reached out and pulled me in. I couldn't look at anything else all week long. Uh, visually, it's stunning. It's, uh, Jesse draws a little bit in the, um, Dash Shaw camp, but it's super dense. Most of the pages I'm looking at are nine panel grids and it just keeps wow. going and going. I think a hundred and, Some years pass in the first four, five pages. It's crazy. Uh, basically, you have a, an alien named Mithras who is, who comes to Earth to check on the people because he and his father, uh, Uhura Mazda, get it? Uh, have been gently nudging humanity into a certain direction by, Introducing language and, um, other things, let's just say. And, and he falls in love with a, a woman who has, uh, bears a very strange birthmark. She has a star on her face. And, um, I forget what her name was, but they, they, they sire all these children, and some of these children have only one eye. Like, uh, and they're, they're kind of like, not outcasts, but they're they're they're. Uh, he treats them differently from his two-eyed children. Uh, I don't know why, but they they help the humans with you know mining and digging and and that's that's basically as far as I've I've gotten. But I don't know that you know I'm I lean more towards the visuals than the story. I don't see League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as good as Kevin O'Neill is eclipsing this book it's just a jaw dropper. You're it's, wrong. It's stunning. No, <laughs> no. Um it it's dense. You're wrong. The publisher, I'll I'll give you this wrong. this synopsis from wrong. the publisher. Wrong. 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 Uh C- Chris says, um it's an eon spanning comedy. <laughs> forming details the spawning of worlds and the trajectory of consciousness consciousness on earth. And uh it's again by Jesse Monahan. He's uh he's, from, he's a Philadelphian. West Philadelphia music art scene. Really
1: representing.
0: He, he's appeared in Vice, The Believer, Arthur, uh, Meat House. Uh, he does. Uh, he's the part of the creative team behind cult cartoon show Adventure Time, which is fucking great. Oh, I'm oh, gonna sweet. pull a book. You don't like it? Not at all. You're, oh please! What do, what could you not like about
1: that oh, cartoon? I find it just repulsive at every level. Oh, uh, see, I I was so excited for this book, and I'm like, I don't know now.
0: Oh. I'm stunned, really. I I I marvel at Adventure Time. I think it's one of the best cartoons yeah, that yeah. that that they've ever had on there. It's like, great. Oh boy. Oh, it's it's great. Man. It's but great, I mean, but it's I yeah, it it's 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 hardcover, oversized, full color, um, 128 pages, I think. 128, probably more. There's no page numbers on it, but it's thick, um, and it's 29.99. I'm pretty sure. You can get it from Madhouse Books. It's, it's friggin' incredible. I had, like I said, I'm at a loss. I don't have an informed opinion on the story because I haven't read that far. But it, the, the art he looks to have colored them with either markers or watercolor, it's delicious. I, I just cannot stop looking at it. And when you, and there's a lot of sex in it. Woo! There goes sperm swimming up into the, uh, ovarian duck thing there. It's pretty cool. Uh, but just panels per page and, great art it's it's an amazing book i I, like i said i will read it for next week because i want to talk about it more but first impressions
3: is it it, it written by alan moore
0: i put down super gods for this and i'm that that is that is a testament to it and and i and i do not feel like i got the short end of the stick it's just amazing it's stunning a stunning book so check it out at housebooks is it dot com look at me i'm so prepared Adhousebooks.com will give, and they have a PDF up there. You can see the art. You can read a little description. You're gonna order it. There's like silver foil leaf on the on the spine of this book. It's great. It's stunning. You gotta get it. That's all I'm gonna say. But let's get back to some comics. I hate to do a downer, but uh, we were pumped for this book because the title of it is something. One of our boys here uh, is uh, very akin to do. Uh, it's called Snarked.
1: Oh, dude! I read it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, by Roger Langridge. It's from Kaboom. Issue zero was only a dollar. Now, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to say it wasn't enjoyable because the art. If you've ever seen Roger Langridge's work, the art was fantastic. It. He's. He's one of. I think he's a master cartoonist. I love his work, but I will not be buying this book when it when it goes to number one. Same here, brother. Because I think the walrus is one of the most offensive characters. It's a kid's book, too. And the, the the main character is, uh, Wilberforce J. Walrus. He's a con man. He's lazy. He's obnoxious. Just his, his main goal in life is to see how much he can bilk from everybody else. And in this story, he enters the castle. The king is away on, on a, on a journey by sea. So he and his, uh, left, right hand man, Clyde McDunk, who seems to be a little bit soft in the head. He's a carpenter. They, they enter the castle and they, with the goal of getting a free lunch. And they try and, he tries and bilk the princess and her little baby brother over for whatever he can get. He reaches well beyond his mean and tries to steal a gold jewel encrusted statue of the king. And he's caught by the the king's men. And that's where the story ends. But he's just, I don't want to read stories featuring this character he's just offensive he, he's lazy he he d- doesn't have a dime to his name he just wants everything out of life and doesn't want to work for it doesn't want to pay for it um he's a liar he's a thief he didn't just not a great character you know and and I, i'm just stunned that they would market a child's book with this kind of character in it i mean it's not a, it's not there's nothing morally reprehensible about the character like he doesn't swear he doesn't drink but he's a low life he's a, he's a skinflint he's just trying to to see what he can scrape uh, together without putting too much effort into it and that's not a character I want to read is Jason do you feel the same way
1: well yes I uh, like you I I, I I got the zero issue thinking that it, you know would lure me into picking up the series and it had the exact same effect it did with you I read it and thought oh okay well I guess it's a well spent because it saved me from pre-ordering three issues of it. You know, before I get to full mm-hmm. issues and, and spend money. Um. So yeah, I won't be buying it either. Um. But I I guess I didn't think of it the same way you did in the sense that, um, like the way you're describing it is true, but you're saying to effect like it's not a character you could see being a part of a children's book only because I actually think that in a lot of ways he reminded me of of Phony Bone, from from Bone. But yeah. the difference is is that, in that case, Phony Bone was the clear. Uh, you know, he was the clear um, uh, the like moral reflection with yeah. which we could then appreciate Phone Bone more. And yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he was he was the mirror to Phone. Exactly. So in that context, I think it worked because it was it was comedic. But he he was he was he he was supposed to be a little bit reprehensible. Um, whereas in this, it seems like this 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 walrus is, is the main character. And yeah, yeah, it's just, it didn't like, um, and it wasn't, I, for me, it wasn't so much like, oh, I don't want to read about a, a no good guy. I just didn't frankly just find the, the characterizations all that interesting. Um, I just didn't, you know, I just thought, okay, I, I, I kind of, I felt like I got it. I got like what he was going for and it didn't, it wasn't. It just wasn't something I could see being excited to have in my inbox every month. You know what right. I mean?
0: But I mean, so. in, in, not in language's defense. He only has six pages to to flesh out the character. It's only a yeah. glimpse at, at at what's to come. The, the cartooning is just ungodly. Language is, is really really good. His storytelling is superb, but. Um, and you do get a lot of value for your dollar. I mean, aside from, in addition to the the six-page main story, there's like puzzle pages, um, there's a letters page, there's a sketch gallery. You get a look into the princess's diary, which kind of ties into the six-page story where, she, you know, she reflects on um, Wilberforce coming into the castle and, you know, just talks about things that you've already read. There's uh, Lewis Carroll's Hunting of the Snark, uh, there's a faux newspaper page that details the king's uh, trip and how he's been gone for three months. So, uh, and and there's a, another Lewis Carroll um, poem, the Walrus and the Carpenter, all illustrated by language, except for the Snark, which is not, uh, and the puzzle pages. But so, if you're going to drop a dollar on this, they're giving you your money's worth. It's just that the character, yeah, I I, I can't warm up to anyone like that, and regardless that it's uh masterfully cartooned or not i just i don't want to and it's and when the book does assume a regular series it's 3.99 which i think is is nuts for a kid's book but whatever uh and and i just don't want to pay it so i won't be following it but um it's it's stunning graphic work if if that makes you happy, it is. I mean, I read it with my daughter, and she was into it. So I, I may end up buying it for her if she really wants me to. But uh, some of the the cartoons in here just made her laugh out loud. Like in the in the sketch gallery, Wilbur Force is is smacking Clyde in the head, and he just has this don't look on his face, and his his eyes all bulging out. And she was like giggling at it. So he does connect with kids on a visual level. I just don't think this character is gonna gonna do anything. I can't see a child saying yeah. That jackass, you know, uh, Walrus is pretty fun because it's. Well, this,
4: he's, it, does, it, it, does it appear that he's going to be the focal point of
0: yeah. every issue? Yeah, it appears that way. Yeah, like in the last page of the story, they, the Wilberforce and, and Clyde live in this shack uh, on the beach, and they have a sign on the on the outside of the the shack that says "Rooms to Let, Oysters Welcome." And and wouldn't you know it, they get a knock on the door—a bunch of oysters. Uh, come to the door and they're like hey we see the room uh you know is it still available and the the walrus asks mcdunk if they have any lemons and he says yep and he gets this devilish grin on his face and he 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 lets the the oysters come in like and then they ate them so it's like i don't know that's i I don't want to read that that's that's just nasty but I will read about guys ripping. I was gonna say, you yeah. people <laughs> yeah. to this
1: joke and you're like people show like, wait a minute, Vince has a problem with no <laughs> he, he's like, with a a, a cartoon uh, oyster getting eaten like it's somehow offensive, and yet he spends how many hours on the show going into the most. I know, crazy? I know, but like. Sodomy and 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 it's uh, ripped and apart by the
2: walls. The maybe
0: maybe it, maybe it's just the the uh, the costume that this uh, book employed, where big. where it was, it, it just seems like it,
3: it,
0: it, it's 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 a it's a child, it's a children's book. So I don't know. I I I went into it thinking it was going to be. Somewhat light-hearted. I, I don't expect, you know, completely sterile work when I read a a, a kids comic because Sonic is not, you know, uh, Mega Man's not. They're, they're written for they they're children's comics, but they're not written down to a, ch- a child's level, uh, such as it is. I, I don't know. I just I expected something else, and I got this this just nasty, dark kind of. Kind of foul last character, and it just—I guess—it set me aback a bit. And I—I I don't want to buy it. I don't. That's fair. Yeah. So you go. That's
4: great. So so yeah. So we we got to hear about Eric O'Grady a little bit with the Thunderbolts, and and we get to hear about—that's different
0: though. That's completely oh, different. Because so Eric O'Grady's a grown man in a, in a grown u- grown man's universe. I mean, he's in the Marvel universe. There's people that kill and and do all sorts of bad stuff in there. It's not it's not this. A childlike universe where you're you're trying. I don't know. It just doesn't. It seems dis. That word that Jason uses all all the time. Disingenuous, or whatever. Oh uh, yeah. I, yeah. It just I don't know. It's just like it's like a, a no irreprehensible. <laughs> <It's> no <transference>. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> the
2: word of the night.
0: <laughs> We're gonna divorce because we have irreprehensible differences.
1: <laughs> irregardless of that. <laughs> oh no, man. Oh my. God. <laughs> did I just see you, David? Oh, oh man. Yeah. It's, yeah Good bitches. Uh, I, if I you can't can... wait. I can't wait to be playing a game of words with friends against David and then and then uh and then have him lose his mind when it accepts irregardless as a word when I
0: beat him.
4: <laughs> oh my god. I will I, will, I will throw my phone across the floor.
2: Oh yeah.
0: But I mean if you can get past it's the main okay, character. Okay, Dave. We'll will do <laughs> Oh Jesus, why don't you just yeah, kick him in the balls?
4: Good thing I didn't hear that. Yeah, um, wow. if if you can get past
0: the main character, drop the dollar on Snarked for some really pretty cartooning, and and just give it a test. See if it works for you. If it works for you, keep buying it because language is is one of the best. He's he's great. So keep it. Up. Uh, yeah, just
3: bringing
1: the
0: endorsement there. I'm sorry, I, I didn't like the story, but
1: right. Um, well, I'll tell you something. It's just a real quick. Uh, just. Talk about, and I, I don't want to get into great detail about this, but Roger Langridge's uh, partner uh, in his uh, recent Marvel foray, of course, with Mr. Chris Somni, who we're all very much fans of. Uh, I have to say, I have not really read the issue, but I did leaf through it, and holy crap, Hola is Somni's stuff on the uh, Cap and Bucky uh, issues. <laughs>
0: yeah, awesome. I heard that. I heard that.
1: I mean, not, not, not that we should be surprised, because Somni's ridiculously talented. But, but uh, wow, dude! I mean, if you're listening to this, Chris, the hat's off to you, buddy. It's just ridiculous.
0: So he is a, a talented little uh, elf-like creature, little isn't he? Elf? Yeah, oh, well, <laughs> He's a little tall to be an <laughs> he, elf. He is very elfin-looking. I think he is. Oh, I don't think so. Well, you're wrong. Just like Chris <laughs> yeah. with the League of Extraordinary <laughs> <laughs> <of> <laughs> Gentlemen, <of> you're wrong. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, he's gonna right, be a daddy! Yay! He had the he made the sex with Laura. Yeah, he's that gonna that be a
4: soon. <laughs> okay.
0: What am I like? Two four, years old?
4: Or jealous of it. No, you, boy, made what this, hell? you made the
0: you made the sex. The
4: stork is coming
0: to their house soon. Oh, Christ. All right, let's get some comics going. Sorry. Bring,
4: bring it. Did uh, did I, I know I, I mentioned or I tried to because it might have been one of the times when, when my audio was shit. Uh, did when was that? Even, oh, often. It's, <laughs> uh, have uh, has anybody else read the first two issues of X Men Schism?
0: Negative. Not no. yet.
4: Wow. Okay. Uh, it, it the artist is different. For each issue, the first right, issue right. Uh, was Carlos Pacheco on pencils. Uh, second issue, show is right. by Frank Cho, yeah. Who uh, the whole issue? Yeah, whole issue is wow. Frank Cho. Colors And uh, Jason, Alan Davis and is doing the last one, right? It's doing. He's either doing the fourth or the fifth one, yeah. Because because uh, Acuna is is doing the third. Yeah, I skipped that. One. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that that'll be the filler issue. The um the, the the second issue, Frank Cho is as if we didn't know. He was the man, and and this is this is also for our boy, Julian. Uh, Frank Cho knows how to draw Scott Summers.
1: Dude, that's so funny to hear you say that. Oh, boy. Because I swear to you, I was just on the way to work today. I was listening to um, the iFanboy uh, Pick of the Week show, and uh-huh. you know Ron, who's a huge oh, expert, yes, right. he talked about Schism too, and said he he liked the book, but... And he generally loves Frank Cho, but he really couldn't stand the way he drew Slim, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious. I know you had loved it.
4: And and yeah, and he um because he he just he, he draws some Slim. He he kind of, I mean, granted it may be a little on the thin side. I mean, all he was missing was basically the the, the sweater around his neck so he could go play some tennis. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it it um it was he, he wasn't jacked. He wasn't you know, 1990s era. Scott. It was, uh, it was fitting, and, um, and it was just, it, it's, if if you've been, you know, reading the Greg Land issues of Uncanny X-Men, then yeah, it could be maybe, a little, it'd be a lot different, it, it might be off-putting, but it was, uh, it, it, I mean, when you have Wolverine calling you slim throughout the entire freaking issue, then, uh, you know, and, and, and you look like you could body double for Stallone, something's not right, so... Uh, it, it it was it was a nice change, and um, I granted I I know that um, I, I was on Twitter with Julian, and and there was one person who um, was talking about how he just he looked like a crack addict, and I like I said he may have been on the sin side, but if the dude's been trying to do right by his race for the past few years, then then, then I can imagine him being maybe a little worn and run down, especially with this uh, this this. Eve of doom that, that that they're staring into, and 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 he, I mean, you you see, you see the uh, the, the cuckoos telling everybody where to go and what to do, and and because it, all over the world you have uh, you have just sentinels going wild, and and, uh, and and so they're they're telling Northstar and Aurora where to go. They're telling, yeah, basically they're 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 sending Gambit over here, and it, it's just. It reads—I don't want to say it reads quick. It—it's—it it, kind of reminds me a little bit of, of House of M in the sense that it, it, there's something going on here. There's—it, it, I guess, meaty. I—I—I'd say it, it just—it's worth my time. I'm—I'm I'm enjoying mm-hmm. it more than I have the uh, the regular monthly issues in some time, and uh, and I'm I'm. Um, I guess I'm curious to see where, where it ends up when we get to the fifth issue and, and the team's split and, and we don't know where Cyclops is or, or if he's still around and things like that. Uh, but I, 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 I'll I have to listen to that episode of iFanboy since since I've read the issue and, and I can I can listen to what they're going to say about it. Um, I'll see what, what Ron has to say about it. But I, 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 I'm not surprised that people who – because I just – I love the Paul Smith era. Sure. So, sure. When, when i see him drawn with with you know basically i guess the swimmer's body will say it just it it fits it, it feels right and um if 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 i'm gonna nitpick maybe i didn't like the hair or something like that but i mean for the most part the dude was was actually you know fit his nickname for once and and and, and also and and to chose credit he drew kitty pride without you know to find pants gravity and and falling over because <laughs> she she actually looks like Kitty Pride and instead of uh, instead of the way like you know land likes to draw a pixie say you know but it it was um, oh yeah it, yeah
0: it, that's it, nasty
4: it, yeah yeah it it seems to be you know I like I said I haven't um aside from Up and X, I haven't read a lot of Jason Aaron writing the mutants so uh this this is this is up there with—I'm not going to say Chris Claremont, but I mean recent, Ooh. type stories. This, this, uh, this just feels like like there's something going on. It doesn't feel like it's an event to have an event. It, it just—I'm, um, I'm impressed with it. And, and I had, I went in really with low expectations or not, not thinking there was going to be much to it. But I'm, um, I'm really digging it. And there's a lot going on because not only do you have—I uh, mean, everything kind of ties in. You have this, um, you have one of the few remaining things from, from morrison's new x-men run going on and um and and you have the sentinels but you also have the hellfire club and uh and and really violent children uh it's and, and aliens it's just it's as far as i'm concerned it's it's different as far as a mutant type book goes so i'm i'm, I'm digging it i mean it's it, when you read it i'm i'm really uh Interested to hear what you have to say about yeah, it. Yeah, the return of the
1: uh, Grant Morrison era bad boy, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, choir.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And um, you know, and I, I, I remember the. Uh, I did read up to that. I, I read up to his character and and uh, in in the omnibus. So, I mean, I, I this isn't my first time with him, but um, it's it's still that uh, you can the first issue not so much but in the second issue you can kind of start to see the uh the cracks appearing in um in, in Logan's and uh and Scott's relationship because uh, uh Scott basically lies <laughs> to uh to, to Steve Rogers and uh and is uh, the, the the first issue was was the setup I guess the second issue were or now we're really Hitting the ground running and and uh, and things are going to start to now is when we're going to they're setting things up so that this is when when everything settles we'll be able to look at the second issue and go, okay you know this is where everything was was getting lined up and it it's um, yeah no I, I really like I said I'll uh, I'll just say I recommend it
3: are they still okay. in San Francisco
4: they're still on Utopia Utopia is, yeah off of off of San Francisco yeah
1: okay. The uh, Hellfire Club's up in that piece too, right, David?
4: Hellfire, <laughs> yes, because you have uh, you have the uh, the new Black King.
0: Yeah, America. boy. Who's the Black King? Cade Kilgore.
4: Yep. He's like I don't know, nine, ten, twelve years old.
1: Where's Sebastian wow. Shaw? At?
4: Uh, last I saw, he was still imprisoned. In in, uh, yeah, in the bottom
1: of Utopia, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, at the, or at the bottom, yeah, yeah, with the... Or uh, you wherever
1: they got... I mean, uh, Emma's got them stashed away. Right. Because she told oh, me more yeah, she told them.
4: Yes, that's <laughs> right, that's right. I don't know if that was still... Uh, if that was found out or not yet, or if they're still going with that.
1: Hmm. Oh, didn't... so I think something happened recently in, like, one of those, uh, you know, the X-Men, they put out those those one-shots every now and then. I, I, I seem to recall something went wrong, of course, where he escaped recently. They were uh, trans... Okay. I think she... She, I guess because Namor's hanging out at Utopia now all the time, mm-hmm. I, I think they, she convinced, I forget which, but she convinced a couple of the X-Men to help her move him to another spot, um, to move uh, uh, Sebastian to another place because she was worried Namor was going to find out. And then, of course, inevitably during the flight, he finds a way to escape. I, I believe that's the last we've seen him. So he is out back out in the, in the world.
4: Okay. Okay.
0: So. There you go.
3: There you go. The the, the X verse confuses me. And I don't know, think it, 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 it might confused. not
4: when uh when this is over. I mean if, if you're gonna have if if I guess the whole point of this is to splinter everybody up, you're gonna have, you know, Wolverine leading leading his team and I I have no idea who's going to be the members of, of each team, but uh a rift will form by the time this all shakes out, and uh, and we'll see it. You know, with with uh, with the new jumping on points, I guess with the first issues, it it may not be as confusing. Hey, if, if they come back to the East Coast, I'll, I'll be happy. But you know, we'll we'll see.
3: Yeah, awesome. yeah. too confusing. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. Not as confusing as reading well, I don't I not yeah, but yeah. Well, no, I, I don't care. <laughs> so many people too
0: to convoluted. This is nuts. <laughs> don't, don't care. It's, uh, don't care. you know, <laughs> at the top of the show, what? David. I'm actually interested <laughs> in reading that because you made it sound very interesting, uh, and the artists involved. Wow, how could you say no to Cho Davis and who, who was the first, first. one? Pacheco. Well, who is it? Pacheco. Pacheco, right. Uh, at the top of the, of the hour, I um, said that I encountered something in a, in a comic that I never expected to see in that comic. And I'm going to tell you what it was. And it was totally surprising. While is it reading...
3: A penis with an eyeball at the end? No,
0: while reading uh, Hack slash, issue number five has, of all things... A tribute to Fletcher Hanks. Okay. Wow. In the pages of of Hack Slash, come on. I mean, Tim Seely, he he's on the ball. There's a there's a four page pseudo. Um, it it's it's a re it's the the artist in question, Kyle Strom. I didn't check my Fletcher Hanks volumes, uh, both of which I think Mister Niesman gave me. For Christmas I, I think one I may year. have felt that. Yeah. For Christmas? Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't check the volumes because it's so close to Fletcher Hanks, it almost looks exactly like Fletcher Hanks' comics. But the content makes me uh, assume that these are new, com- uh, it's a new re uh, imagining of Fletcher Hanks. The style is dead on. It looks exactly like Fletcher Hanks, and they do it on that faux browned paper background, you know, with, the, with and they pushed the dot patterns and the, to make it look like it was actually printed. But uh, you have two characters, two nasty dudes called Arco and Lomax who want to defoliate the, this uh, stretch of land. And to do so, they have a giant robot with a big axe. And the robot's name is Paul Bludgeon and Bla- Babe the Blue Axe. <laughs> and, 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 oh, that's and that's good. yeah naturally because you you have um a threat to the forest who should come to the forest's res- rescue but fantoma mystery woman of the jungle that's a fletcher oh, hanks yes. Ca- character yes you know the the chick with the that uh, occasionally uh adopts the skull-faced guys with the blue skin and everything and so but later in the story Tim Seeley inserts Phantoma into the Hackslash universe. And she interacts with Cassie and, and Vlad and everybody else. And, um, I'll tell you, it, it was a lot of fun and really well, well done. Uh, I, I haven't read to the end of volume three in the uh, Hackslash omnibus. So I don't know if these characters have ever met before, but they seem to have a history. Like this may not be the first time Celie used Phantoma in, in his uh, stories because Cassie knows her and she knows Cassie, so yeah. and there's right. there's one one point in the story where Cassie actually gets the power of Phantoma, uh, which is pretty much pretty much godlike, yeah, but she doesn't want it. She casts it off, you know, so
1: you're having a little mini uh I noticed of late a little mini love affair with
0: uh, with, with uh, Hackslash. I do really enjoy the book. I do. Okay. I, I like. I like it a lot. It's 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 exactly lodged in my wheelhouse.
1: It, you it, and Chris it, Campbell are going to have to fight over who's the bigger Sealy fan.
0: And and you know um, this the artist Dan, uh, Kyle Strom. I hate to say this. But he's just a guest artist for this issue number five. I think he's a lot better than regular artist Daniel Lester. I, I like Lester's work. I, I think that's the way to pronounce it. It's L E I S T E R. So I'm going to pronounce eh, it Lester. Lester. Yeah, yeah. Lester. I like Lester's work, and he's certainly brought a lot to the title, but this Strom guy's really tight. I mean, he's a lot darker than well, than, Les- than Lester. I'll, t- I'll tell you what you should get ready to be reading. What's if you're that? a fan of Tim
3: and a book that you've enjoyed before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was talking with Tim about what he's doing with Witchblade. I can't wait for it.
0: I'm on. I was gonna leave after Ron I was gonna leave with Ron Mars and uh Cedric, but now nah, with Sealy coming on I can't go. Well I'm nah. I'm excited
3: because he's um and I hope I'm not letting any cats out of any bags, but he's moving Sarah Pizzini to Chicago.
0: Oh Jesus. So I'm I'm excited about it. Of of because, mm-hmm. you know. Chicago,
3: you what, what What's cool about it is that he's working with the artist about it and doing photo, you know, photo referencing work around the city. And That's I cool. know her, where he's going to have her living is going to be a, above a, a landmark in the city. And, and the different neighborhoods that she's going to be in are neighborhoods of Chicago that don't, you know, aren't, aren't widely known about so it's going to be it's going to be a very Chicago book with a uh, a new York outsider's perspective, so right. um,
0: nothing wrong um, with authenticity
3: yeah yeah and 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 Tim will bring that, so All I right. think he's he's definitely going to get that that book back to the roots of n- not just the police procedural but what made that book fun was the mixing of police procedural with supernatural phenomenon tied with the um, the historic legacy of the character there's some very very cool stuff that he's working um, the the legacy aspect of the character uh, right. into so yeah, i'm I'm very excited about it
0: see that's where Ron Mars picked me up because he kind of did away with a little bit of the police angle of it, and he brought yeah. in, you know, the artifacts and the mystical angle, and that's where he just the won leg- me over. The, the legacy of the of the flight. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, back to Hackslash. Can, can you not imagine my surprise when Tim Seely drops a huge reference, not only a reference, but uses a, a character created by one of the most obscure comic book creators of all time. I mean, the only place you can get Fletcher Hanks's work other than the originals are the two volumes from Fantagraphics. So, I mean, it's like you're taking this left field comic creator and one of his, you know, off kilter creations and sticking it into a book that's usually within the realm of the slasher film. It just mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. it just spun my head around. I was like, Wow, this is this is cool, but you know, leave it to Tim Seely to do that. So
1: Dude, speaking it, of that, wait before you I just you made me think of something, uh did you see who's drawing an issue of Elephant Man soon?
0: Yes, I did. Um
1: Shaky motherfucking Kane. Shaky cane. Shaky Kane, yeah, shaky <laughs> cane. Dude, uh, you gotta you gotta give uh you gotta give our man Starking some props. He uh, Oh hell yeah. He he gets the he gets the 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 uh, underappreciated but massively talented artist to do that book, man. It's
0: you awesome. know what? After Kane, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Tom Seoli do a take a stab at Elfman.
1: Yeah, that would be dope. Yeah, that'd be
0: that'd be you know math fly as the kids say, super math fly.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know it's poor kids, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> my kids say super math fly. What is that about? I don't know, but they say it, and I think it's funny. Julian's Doesn't make sense. His fist to us right now. <laughs> Super math fly. But anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> I do enjoy the hack slash, and I uh, I know you know it's not a book for everyone, but it, it just it it just pierces my my decrepit dark uh, evil splatter heart. That I just love those movies, and it just it talks to me, so I buy it. Yeah. Damn. What else we got? I got more. Of course you do. Where's Jason, tell me that you read uh, Evangeline. Did you get it? What? You didn't get Evangeline? It's by your boy, Rob Liefeld. He wrote it.
1: Oh, no, I didn't actually. I didn't even
4: write that. I thought you were going to talk about The Infinite.
0: No, this is a a new image series by uh, Liefeld. I don't uh, know
4: about that yet. I didn't get it yet.
0: Okay. Well, I'm just, I'll just give it a promo because I really enjoyed it. Liefeld no no, no,
4: no, 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 I'm saying don't don't talk about The Infinite yet. Oh, The Infinite. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Okay.
0: Liefeld and Mark Poulton wrote it. The the script, well, the story is by Liefeld and Mark Poulton. The art yep. is by, the script is by Mark Poulton. The art and color is by Owen Gienny. And yow, this guy's good. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of cutesy, but it's a dark cutesiness. You okay. know, I mean, it, it, there's a little bit of an, anime kind of vibe to the way he constructs characters mm-hmm. but i mean have you ever read uh any of evangeline when Liefeld was doing the book
1: yeah i, I did i mean we were talking about a while ago i uh I, I did i mean i don't know that i i don't recall sticking with it though not or maybe Same wasn't here. Enough to stick with.
0: yeah my my history with the character is really spotty like i think i bought it when it first came out maybe lasted a couple issues and then yeah. you know whatever but in, in this one you have a uh an exotic dancer named Heaven Star, uh, who is, uh, blonde, you know, uh, kind of diminutive in stature. She's not a hulking woman. And, uh, she, she's up on the stage and gets this blast of something and the Evangeline character. She, she assumes the Avenger, like she has no memory of how she got in that body, what she's doing there. And, uh, so she kind of assumes the life of this heaven star, goes back to her apartment and, and, you know, interacts with her boyfriend and, and, uh, her friend. But she, she gets these, these visions of hell and, uh, the fallen one. And I guess the whole thing about Evangeline was she was one of, God's uh, warriors in, in, in the heavenly army. And because she questioned his love for humanity, he cast her out and sent her to earth. And then she was the defender of humanity. So she had to defend that which she disliked and eventually came to love them. Blah, blah, blah. And, and this, so you have this Evangeline character in the body of someone that's not hers and just trying to come to grips with like what's going on who she is but she eventually knows who she is at the end and knock 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 i'll i'll give it away at the end of the issue someone comes knocking on the door and it's the evangeline body what i'm assuming is the evangeline body with uh something else in there other than evangeline so it's it's it sets up the whole you know storyline for the next couple issues i'm assuming but the art was really nice really really um there's a lot of exaggeration in it, but it's a it's a kind of cutesy uh, uh exaggeration. And get this, the the four horsemen of the apocalypse are homeless dudes. They're they're out, outside her apartment, warming themselves by a, a little you know oil barrel fire, and uh, they're homeless. And war seems to be the most antagonistic of them all. Gee, what a surprise, you know. But I mean, it, it's it's that that religious concepts that Liefeld seems to enjoy so much. Um yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot. I, I you know, it didn't I'm gonna give it uh a long leash because the first issue was really good. But if they start slamming the religion into it, then I'll say goodbye. But
1: Yeah, um, to be honest, that's uh that's why I didn't jump up in that.
0: Yeah. But I like it. This this uh um, uh, Owen Gianni. He's he's pretty tight. Draws a, a a cute woman, and and he seems to have all his uh, ducks in a row so far with the storytelling. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with it. It's cute, Ooh. yeah, sexy in a way. Sexy time. If 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 um you know uh kind of pixie esque badasses are sexy to you, then yeah, give this one a look. I liked it. Cool. We lost Chris with this one, I think. Really? <laughs> I don't know. What? Ah, uh, he's falling asleep.
3: Which play? What?
0: What? Huh? All right, what? Like, come on. Keep the bu- keep keep it rolling. What else we got? I
4: uh, got, um. We had No, it's you. I was uh. I, oh, I was I was all set to to do a fancy flashback, but I, yes. No, but my notes <laughs> my, my notes are shit. No do, 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 do you want one? It's of course. You told us we had one coming.
0: I'm totally know, on I the fly it. this I episode, did. as as the listeners can probably tell, because I didn't have any time to do notes at all this week. I know. I, I, were I'm rushing it, huh? What were
1: you busy doing?
0: Oh man, this week was hell.
1: Really? <laughs> what, yeah,
0: yeah, I fucked up, and, oh, and I okay. had a, I, I fucked up, and I had to double double time it to to get the thing to Zach on time. Um, uh, I, I I'm well aware now that. Of the dimensions of the his mystery solved, and I tried to do something that, when reduced to the size of the page, didn't work because you couldn't see anything. It was just too detailed and too too many characters running around. So I I had that all drawn, and I had to scrap the whole thing. Oh and, shit! And yeah, well, hey, live and learn, right? You know. Mm-hmm, but yeah. I mean, I was up last night till like four thirty in the morning doing Dang. this. Week's. Yeah, you got to get it done. You're but ready. anyway, go, go go ahead, David.
4: Uh. As as digging out, um, I stumbled across in, in the crawl space so I was cleaning up all my crap um, there was an old magazine from the late mid to late '80s uh, called Four Color Magazine, which was a pretty high end, uh, I'll yeah. say, as far as uh, packaging goes, because it was um, it wasn't on newsprint; it was on glossy paper. It was it was the dimensions were larger than the comics journal. Uh, at the time, and it was um,
0: more it was expensive just, too.
4: It was. It was more expensive. It was just. It, it. I picked up the first issue. I had the first and and fifth issue, and uh, or that I, that I found so far. But I, as I'm I'm remembering, like they they kind of just went. Um, the the tag. The, the subtitle of the magazine was basically for for comic book connoisseurs. And uh, so I mean, right away, you're, you're already hit with uh, pretentious. But it's it's um, it was they they decided to um, just be a little different instead of just regurgitating the same news that uh, back then you didn't have the internet with with all these press releases one after another. You go to one website and another, and and everybody just has you know the same. Uh, you know check out the new ultimate spider-man story uh, on everybody's website it, it, it's if generally if i read something in amazing heroes i wasn't going to read that in the comics journal even if i mean even though the, the writing is different or the audience might be a little different this was just um i i, I read this because i enjoyed the different just just having something else to read uh, other than amazing heroes and um and yeah. As I'm as I'm going through the issues, I I'm just it, it takes me back to when there are a lot of times where I'll um I guess I just really haven't changed all that much and and uh, there was there was one editorial where um they I, I guess the, the more things change there was a um the actually I, I, how far away is uh, Maplewood from you Jason.
1: Oh, um, I don't know, maybe forty minutes, maybe.
4: Okay, um, cause that's <laughs> where this. No, no, because that—that's where the um, this
0: uh. Oh, get out! It was printed.
4: Company. Yeah. Well, it was. It was published. It was published, the, the published yeah. Paragon Q was is was, was based in um, in Maplewood. Um, the uh, they they decided to have a um. They, the editors decided to kind of go off a little bit on, um, on publishers not putting their, their books out on time. You know, you, you, if you have a schedule, it was all about, you know, you tell the retailer when this book, you tell the distributor when the book is going to be ready so they can get it to the retailer so the retailer can sell to the customer and, and it's, um, or to the reader. And it's just, it's this whole thing where, you know, listen, if, if you have a schedule, just don't put out late books. And, and I know that we, we've said on, on the show that there's a lot of crap that we still have sitting in piles. I mean, it, we're never going to run out oh, yeah. of stuff to read. So it, it's okay. If, um, if you know the, 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 sixth or seventh issue of, of blackest night is late because I still have plenty of other things to read and it's right. But back, back then when, you know, maybe DC and Marvel's output was a total of 90 some odd books instead of each publisher putting out that many titles. Um, you didn't really have um you didn't have three X Men books to, to, to read. But um it it it's things like that. I mean these aren't new new topics. You had uh but but one thing this was around the era when you had um uh, DC coming up with, with a rating system or rather letting you know if it's if the material inside the book is for mature audiences or general audience. And this was around the time when uh, Howard Sheikin, Frank Miller, Mark Wolfman, and uh, Alan Moore basically quit DC because they didn't want to be censored. And I, I understand that. You know, listen, this is a story you want to tell. And, 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 um, and you know, you had the Comics Code. And, and I know John Byrne is a big, I don't want to say a big advocate, but I know he's he's fine with the Comics Code because it just gives you – you have to come up with more creative ways to get the story across, and 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 it, instead of just, there's a difference between policy or rating system and censorship. If, if no one's telling you that you can't tell a certain story, they're just letting you know that if you tell this story, it's going to be for a different audience. You know, you can't have that Batman story where, where Batman is um, is going up against the bad guy who, who, and they show you the Killer Croc decapitating homeless people in Gotham. You know, you're not going to see the, those old DC covers in a Batman comic. If you do, that's not going to be uh, unintended for all audiences type comic book. And it's just, you, like I said, they're just, these things just never change. And uh, it was just as the editors are are writing up their, their op-ed, on the whole thing and, and talking about how i guess basically the um the writers or the creators were um, maybe taking it too far i like i said they, they weren't jeanette Kahn and 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 dick Giordano and the people at dc they weren't censoring the writers they weren't censoring the creators they were just letting them know that you know the story you're telling in dark Knight is not the type of story you're going to be able to tell in the regular monthly Batman book. And, uh, and, you know, you had, uh, this spread across over to the comic spires guide because Marvel Wolfman drafted up a letter to DC because, um, DC, when, um, when, when DC said that this was going to happen, he was, Marvel Wolfman was fired. He, he, um, he ended up uh, having to. He was fired from New Teen Titans, New Teen Titans Spotlight, and uh, and he has. They fired him from um, as as creative editor. And
0: wait a minute, wait. Are you reading issue five?
4: That's when that, yeah when he was yeah
0: yeah I ha- that's the one with the Mobius cover. Yes. Oh, I have that. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
4: I tried. I, I, tried I, I, I tried. I made a little bit of a homage to that to that image, that, that Mobius image, in Arzac. And, and yeah, and I completely fucked up because I, I was doing it in in acrylic on on um, and the board was not forgiving, and 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 the, and the, the paintbrushes I had it was I was doing all this. I was trying to. It, Basically I was trying to ink a, a, a painting and it was just insane. Wow. Uh, was and bullshit.
0: Mobius too. A lot sad. of little lines. No. Yeah.
4: <laughs> it was it was sad. Um not
0: a but, good look.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, man, oh, it really wasn't. Um, no, I am uh, just, just
0: being funny. I know.
4: The um but it was just it you know, this magazine and I I realize I'm going all over the place. The magazine has just been um it's it kind of just—it's one of those things where it's a time capsule for me. I'll—I'll I'll sit down yeah. and I'll—I I'll, mean, just like the Amazing Heroes you sent me for Christmas, Vincent, it was It its just I'll sit down and I'll just—and I'm—I'm taken back to those days, to, to to when I went to the Dragon's Den on Central Avenue, or or going around the corner to the uh, to the stationery store and, and flipping through. Yeah. Whatever they
0: Issue. Had. Issue five was the last. I don't think they only did five of them.
4: Yeah, they didn't. Uh, even though they were all—they were expecting to go longer, and um, you, know, at, at the, you get to the end of the fifth issue, and they're telling you that um, what was uh, what did they say the um, the sixth issue was going to contain? Um, I, I remember reading the um, the ads alone. They make this a memory lane, but the oh, yeah. sixth issue yeah. was going to have a, uh, a behind-the-scenes look at Grendel, uh, a look at Epic's new line, which would include Yay. books like Video Jack, which, Yay! I love but, that wait, friggin' book. But dude, who was the creative team on Video Jack?
0: Keith Giffen, oh, and him, right, and um,
4: Dave Hunt on Inks.
0: Oh, really? The
4: writer, yeah, the writer, Carrie fucking Bates.
0: Was so, it Carrie Bates? Yeah, you
4: have like the oh yeah, I see I... writer writing an epic book for Marvel.
0: Yeah, yeah. But the thing uh, about this four-color magazine that, that you know, judging by the title, you know, four-color magazine, magazine uh, comics for connoisseurs, I think that was a little bit of bullshit because they didn't adopt, like, the Comics Journal stance where they only covered the indies and indies were all it was. It, you know, you would get an issue of this and it would have, like, Mobius in it. And Marv Wolfman, like you said, then you'd have Archie. Well,
3: be, it, a lot of indie comics were just black and white. So
0: no, you'd have you'd have Archie in there, and and you know like Swamp Thing. So they didn't only pick one aspect of the comics industry. They had pretty much had everything. So I think that the, the the name you know comics for connoisseurs maybe that meant good comics. You know this is the cream of the crop yeah okay but yeah elf quest in one issue and godzilla and they i didn't think Elfquest. there was there was like a ralph snart profile yeah, it was in, a Ralph Snart
4: article uh they, they did have uh, an article on on the black and white books like like teenage ninja turtles and ultra klutz and things like that um here, i love here, ultra klutz oh my god here's, i know here's, here's one thing Uh, From the first issue, I actually put this in the fanzine flashback for it. DC plans a new $1 format. DC Comics announced they will begin publishing select titles in a new format beginning January 1987. Priced at $1, this new (laughs) format that they built, innovative in quotes, will run 32 pages and be printed on Mando paper by an offset press. Uh, we wanted to offer our readers some comics with a higher printing quality without having to go to the deluxe format's fifty price tag, uh, said Paul Levitz. Um, while DC was not specific, they have said the production values of the titles will be higher than the standard $0.75 cent comic. The first title in this new format, and I remember this, will be Doug Munch's and Gene Colin's monthly Spectre series. Several yeah. other titles are expected to follow in early '87. While four-color applauds any new innovation in production, we question whether consumers will be willing to pay an extra quarter for what is basically 32 pages.
0: I think Omega Men was one too, right? Was,
3: was, was it 32 pages of story or 32 pages with 10 ads?
0: 32. Pages I don't think they. Age. Yeah, I don't think they did 10 ads back then, did they? I think it was. Um, Eight. I think it. Yeah, it was less than uh, so was because 20, stories was, stories ran twenty four pages. I think. Yeah, if, I could have, be have, wrong. Have, have, have you guys, yeah. by the way,
3: have you noticed that Marvels dropped twenty pages? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got
0: today's Hulk. Um, I think it's. So, what's the so, issue number? I don't. I don't know. But the fear itself issue of Hulk, and it seems pretty thin.
3: So twenty pages for three ninety nine. Two ninety nine. No, for three ninety
0: nine, right? Two ninety nine. Hulk is two ninety nine.
3: Hulk is two ninety nine. Yep. Well, See that was what
1: Marvel announced is they, they were going to do wrong. the DC thing. They were going to go to twenty pages for two ninety nine books. And yeah. oh, okay. So they are they're dropping their price for the for the twenty page
3: books. Here's that way. Why
5: yeah, they,
1: supposedly. What I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if they try and sneak some twenty page three ninety nine books in, but yeah, that, that's supposedly what they're doing. Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, good for them.
4: <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's the one thing I'm, I'm reading from the first issue is, uh, is an interview with, uh, with Dick Giordano. So I'll, I'll take some of the interesting things out of that and uh, mention it probably next week. But yeah, I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. I wanna, I, I mean, there was just I thought I would be able to read and, and and jot down some things to talk about, but I just I, I, I got immersed in it. it just, uh, there was no coming up for air. Dude, the, the, the fancy, fancy, you
1: are all dalek again, dude. Fuck, fuck. I'm telling you, you need to get that fixed, dude. I don't know. Uh, it's baffling. Can I
3: send you a new fucking headset? I will. I'll do it.
1: I'll send you a headset.
3: I'll do it. Well, look, don't so, take me.
1: so, in keeping with tradition, uh, I want to give a little shout out to another top shelf book. Uh, Gingerbread Girl, written by Mr. Paul Tobin, beautifully drawn by Miss Colleen Coover, for those that don't know, they are husband and wife.
4: Mm, yes.
1: Um, so Gingerbread Girl actually was a webcomic that they put out uh, on a weekly basis, uh, available at Top Shelf's um, web-based, uh, uh, it's Top Shelf 2.0. Um, so if you're interested in this, uh, you can actually go and read the entire thing for free, online if you so choose. Um, I read the first few online, liked it, and then, uh, went and ordered the, uh, book, because I still prefer to, when I have the choice to sometimes read things and have them in my hand. Um, it's a, uh, pretty small little book, so it's quick read. It's, um, uh, it's a small format. It's, I think it's, uh, six and a half by seven and a half. So not quite square, but, but pretty small. It's, uh, perfect bound, and it's 112 pages. So, yeah, it's more of a little graphic novella than a full-on OGN, I would say. Um, but first of all, I got to give mad props to Coover's art style. It's so clean and, mm-hmm. and so illustrative. I mean, it's it's great stuff. It's it's um, you know, it's it's uh it reminds me of a uh she's like a modern uh, Dan De Carlo. Actually, Ooh, yes. Think. But a maybe really with a little a bit,
4: little bit more curvy, I find.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But I just mean like in the expressions yeah. and the cleanliness and, and yeah. sort of the, the uh, just uh, no the overall aesthetic. Line. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, the, the book is, is pretty quirky and it's, it's, um, it's the, the book is essentially a day in the life of, of, of Anna Phillips uh, Anna, Anna Billups, who's a 20-something, pretty cute, blonde girl, bisexual uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's bisexual um, and what what's fascinating about the book is you don't know if she's either completely batshit insane or this is a science fiction book and they don't really ever tell you they leave it up to you to decide uh, it could be a science fiction book because she's convinced that she doesn't really feel emotion and she doesn't feel emotion because she's convinced that her father was a mad scientist who when she was a kid opened up a brain took out a piece of the brain called the homunculus which uh in the book is the part of your brain that uh that deals with touch uh and he removed her hermunculus and put into a clone of hers that looks just like her, her which which and then raised her as a twin sister so in this in this world she completely believes this, this isn't like a story. she genuinely believes this is true, and she's constantly on the search for her missing twin sister, and she's convinced that uh that once she finds her she'll be able to feel again so that sounds That's very cool. Yeah, at the same point in time though, you're you're introduced to the fact that she's from uh uh the fact her parents were fight all, fought all the time. They got went through a bitter divorce uh and she's noncommittal. She can't commit to anything. In fact, I mentioned she's bisexual. She uh at the very first page of the book so I I won't even treat this as a spoiler cuz if you go online and read the first page or two to decide if you want to buy it, you'll see this. She, we're introduced to her and she's uh, in her panties in her house deciding what she's going to wear for her date, and she explains that she's got two dates set up for the night, one with, uh, with a boy that she likes, one with Chili, the girl that she likes, and she's not sure who she, she's decided. She's going to go out with whoever shows up first. So <laughs> whoever shows up first is taking her on a date. The other one's getting stood up, and she just can't commit. She's an inability to commit both professionally, socially, romantically, um, and it's just fantastic. I love that they just didn't ever give us the answer. Now, I read it thinking she's just batshit insane, you know. Uh but at the same point in time, if you want to read it and think it's just one of those comic book worlds where weird shit happens, they give you enough reasons to think that in fact there is a twin sister esque clone out there in the real world. It's not like they completely pretend like that's not a possibility. So um it's just really, really well done. Like I said, it's quick and you can read it online if you don't feel like paying twelve ninety five for it or that's the cover price, twelve ninety five. But uh it was awesome. And the conceit of the book is that uh, it's, it's not at all narrated by her after she introduces herself. It's narrated by, uh, all the other characters in the book, and it ranges from Chili, who's the, the really sexy, uh, black girl that she's going out with, but there's also, um her psychiatrist narrates it, um, a, a random guy she meets in a convenience store for like two seconds narrates it, uh, a pigeon, uh, narrates <laughs> it, um, a dog in the neighborhood narrates it. So it's That's one of those cool. things where sort of her, She's meandering through her day, and then there'll be maybe the dog in the background, right? And then as, as she walks by, all of a sudden, the page will zoom in on the dog, and the dog will start talking about about her. Um, same thing, you know, there's a pigeon outside of her window, and she goes out to leave for the date, and all of a sudden, they zoom into the window, and the pigeon starts telling you about her. Um, it's uh, it's just wonderfully well done, uh, really well executed, and, um, you know, I guess I'd say it's it's in that slice of life, category, I guess, because it really is ultimately just a day in the life of this wildly interesting person. But um, you know, I there are times when I've talked about those kind of books and not like them. Um and what I'll say about this is she is both at the same time a completely believable character and at the same time completely out there. And it just ultimately comes down to after you read it what your point of view is. Is she just totally insane or is she just uh living a really freaky life? I I, I don't know. I, I I came away thinking she's a totally insane, but um, the cool thing about it is since she's so cute and sexy and interesting, even though all the people that are in her life know that like they think she's insane, but they don't let that get in the way of the fact that they either want to bone her or be friends with her or, or be around her. They, you know she's, she's charming enough, in spite of her insanity in their minds that they, they, they tolerate it. you know they just sort of they treat her as if she's got issues, but they're okay with them.
0: So it's, uh, sounds like it's, me.
1: It, it is you. It's pretty much a female. <laughs> you. If you were a sexy bisexual, uh, blonde girl with a pixie cut. This is you. Um, so yeah. Uh, to, uh, hat tip to Cooper and Tobin. Oh, if there's ever a line that has defined this show, that is right, uh, right. Tobin uh, has written a bunch of uh, of Marvel Adventure stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Colleen is, has done a bunch of uh, of, of of indie stuff. Um, but uh, this is the first time that I've seen them together. I mean, I've known them for a long time as being a married couple, but I've never seen them work together before. So, I hope they, they have more than nice guys.
3: people, by the way. If you What's ever that? meet them at a convention, incredibly nice people.
1: Yeah, you yeah. know, I um, actually did meet them just in like a passing second at uh, at Cedo Cedos.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: uh, I... I um, I don't even remember. I was at somebody else's table and they came up to say hi to them and uh, just a quick like, "How do you do?" But I didn't even, you know, I just, I didn't didn't even introduce myself or say I was part of. I just
4: just just very very
1: pleasant, nice, you could very good people. Yeah, so highly uh, highly recommend. I I, uh, definitely, (laughs) I definitely give it give it a a whirl.
0: So, David, what were we gonna say, buddy?
4: I saw him last year talking
0: to uh, Nick Dragota at uh, at New York Comic Con. Nick Dragota. yeah, Yo. yeah. You know, I got to say, Chris Starros has a really good eye.
1: Oh, for sure,
4: hell yeah, yeah he, does. he does. Yeah. The rest of them ain't so bad either.
3: Got the uh, book of the year. Got the book of the year. I'll pick that. <laughs> oh,
0: Jesus <laughs> Christ. Hey everybody, thanks for being here. It's been fun. It's that's another it. episode. Of- yeah, it's it. It's a, uh, <laughs> another episode of 11 O'Clock Comics brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Get your comic books way below what you would pay for them at uh, traditional brick-and-mortar comic book stores. It's awesome. 35 to 75% off everything in the shop. It's great. dcbservice.com. Remember that code, EOC8, if you're a first-time customer. And in your travels, I got two things, and I don't care, but I do. Of course you do. Number one, yeah. keep an eye out for. Uh, it's from Image Comics. It's by, written by Robert Kirkman, and drawn by Cliff Rathburn, who has been the uh, great tone artist on Walking Dead for a long time. He's uh, he did um, Brit. I think he did the f- the six issues of Brit with Kirkman. Um he worked on Fantastic Four Foes, uh something with Superman versus Lobo. Rathburn's great. He draws a lot like um Ryan Otley and the Invin- the Invincible Team. Um who's the other guy? Um Otley and uh
4: Oh, oh crap. Yeah. Come on. oh. Huh?
0: The, other, the, other guy yeah, the other guy, guy on Invincible.
3: I'm just going to watch you the struggle. What? Wait, I didn't, I'm missing the whole. What
4: did the you the other, the <laughs> other <laughs> artist. That's the first artist. A the
0: creator first creator.
3: Invincible.
0: am
4: um, not at least the current artist. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I'm being so we, stupid. I'm Holy shit. Yeah,
0: but he draws a lot like that guy that I can't remember. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, I suck. Um yeah he ryan died. ryan also, walker. Corey
1: walker yeah there Corey go.
0: walker yes he draws a lot like um walker and otley he's in the same camp but it is a hyper violent i mean extreme sword play blood letting heads ripped off uh quartered uh, brains flying out all over the place. There's nudity in it, but it is gorgeous. Rathburn draws like a motherfucker. You have to see this thing. It's called Reaper. Uh, in a nutshell, you have this despicable Lord Shirak, this overlord who's been ruling for hundreds of years, powered by this mysterious gem, and Reaper is the guy that they pay to take him out. Okay, so it's like feudal Japan ninjitsu kung fu swordplay wirefu action, but it is gorgeous. It's in black and white. Uh this volume is the original volume. It's 695. They've recently published a follow-up volume. I ordered it, but I don't remember how much it was. So you have Reaper and you have what comes next. Keep an eye out for that. And in your travels, walk away from the new issue rack and see if your retailer has like cheapy bins or you know dollar issues because today i found and and this is just you don't have to pay three ninety nine
3: dollars guarded here
0: no i told you i was gonna do two you don't have no. to pay you know two ninety nine issue for for a lousy two dollars i got a vg plus copy of Marvel's Fear number eight, and I will tell you, I I guarantee you, you will not be able to buy a comic new today that has the amount of artistry and the quality of artistry that appear in this issue. The first story is drawn by John. The cover is drawn by John Severin. All right, right there, it should tell you that you're gonna, you know, you're in the major leagues with Severin. There's a Kirby Ayers story that leads it off. Followed by a Don Heck story, followed by two Steve Ditko stories, and I got the damn thing for two dollars. There's nothing on the stands that's ever going to compare to this Ditko Kirby. Um, it's just it's crazy. It's Fear number eight, and I got it for two bucks. So while you're at your comic shop, get away from that new stuff and look at the old stuff and see if you can get a deal on something really legendary like this Severin. Oh my God, the cover is just amazing. Severin's like. I look at his work and I think, God damn it! Why can't I draw like that? I would love to be able to draw like John Severin, and he's still doing it at like 150 years old. <laughs> now he's old, but he's he's still doing it, and he hasn't skipped a missed a beat in in however many years he's been doing comics. Whatever. Yeah, there you go. Chris always has to tap my balls whenever I do he something. Does? You finished? I'm done. I'm done. Go All ahead. Right, Say League know. of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Go ahead. You want,
3: uh, you want another toke on that? I do. You have to repeat it?
0: Come on. What? Speed now bump. I'm just
3: checking to see if you're done.
0: Speed bump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go on.
3: Um, something I want to talk about tonight, but um, Vince wouldn't shut the fuck up. So. <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. Yeah. We'll make it the in uh, your you travels, about? Maybe I'll get a uh, word in edgewise next week, and David might even be able to say a syllable or two. See, he's so uh, full of shit,
0: and the time he was sleeping, he doesn't even know who was talking. <laughs> Chris and I mean, uh, David, David and Wood went on for a long time today, tonight. True, I didn't I'm going to stab it, you when I see you.
3: Right in the they, neck. Well, and it won't be till like, three years from now, so you don't ever go to the conventions. <laughs> Oh, snap.
0: See, I know. got to, got to tap my balls.
3: Because mommy and daddy are fighting. Uh, oh, my God. I know. I'm not going to see you until, like, you know, next October.
0: Yeah. We'll because see you like won't that. come to Chicago to see me. And you're bailing on me. I'm getting David. David, hi, buddy. Right. He's back. Go ahead, Chris. It's
3: okay, David. Mommy and daddy aren't fighting anymore. <laughs> no.
0: Daddy's just sleeping in another room.
3: <laughs> <laughs> dad, dad, daddy finished off his, his six-pack and is passed out on the floor
0: now. I'll tell you, this malt uh, liquor, damn, this pack's a punch. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, in your, in your travels, um, and I want to talk about it next week because I finally got around to it, and it is a big old bucket of awesome. Um, we've talked about Sean Murphy a lot on this show. Hell and yeah. What a fucking badass he is. And I finally got around to reading the entirety of uh, he and Cy Spencer's Hellblazer City of Demons arc.
0: Oh, yeah, I heard about that.
3: It's really good. Um, and I will talk about it more next week, but uh, you know, Constantine, for all of you UK fuckers, uh, is he can seem, you know, we talked about the Legion a lot, and, and and Constantine can seem like kind of an impenetrable character yeah. because so much that's been put out there. I mean, it's what two hundred and what thirty plus issues of of Hellblazers out there, plus the Swamp Thing stuff, and it, 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 he's a character that's 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 pretty well traveled, but 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 contained within his own series. So you can be a little intimidated to, to jump in and, and read about the character. Well, yeah, you know, I, w- I was talking to Sal about this today and he's just like, you know what? I used to think that just started reading hellblazer a while ago. And all you got to know is that he's a magician who fights supernatural things And we were talking about it, and he's just a guy that drinks and smokes and takes on supernatural baddies. And that's kind of all you need to know. And City of Demons is a book that lays it out there for you. You know who he is. You know what he does and how he goes about his business. And it's just a really good detective, supernatural horror story. And that's all you need to know
0: going into it. I love the character, but I don't buy the monthly.
3: You know, it's he's a it's a it's a character that I think that people that okay, like Jason was talking about Thunderbolts, he's bought every issue of that forever. Like right mm-hmm. from the beginning. I think that, that that Constant Constantine fans have bought Hellblazer from the beginning, love that character. He is their favorite comic book character, and they will buy that book forever. And at the same time, he's a character that you can buy a trade, and as long as you know that he is a warlock who drinks and smokes and hunts down supernatural bad guys, that's all you need to know. So I think you can jump out of that character all the you know anytime you want,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't know there's, why I stopped buying it to tell you the honest God truth.
3: Oh, I tell you what, this the the Sean Murphy stuff is awesome. And yeah, the uh, uh, uh Giuseppe J Gi, Giuseppe Camicoli stuff, really nice.
0: I really like his pencils. I think he's oh, great.
3: God chemi- uh, is so good. Um yeah, is just a book that I think is is consistently really above board um
0: and bisley was on it recently too wasn't he wasn't simon bisley doing the art yeah yeah yeah. Bisley does this work i mean everybody's worked on it
3: and it's just it's just such a good series that you know i wish you know i it's almost a little bit of jealousy that i wish i have read it every month for the last you know what 18 years however long it's been it's been published, and I feel like I've got a lot of catch up to do. But you know, they're they're all just you know good supernatural detective
0: stories. Yeah, I think I read about two hundred issues total. Wow. I, uh, yeah. Well,
3: well you, you, know, you know, more than me then.
0: I I yeah. I religiously bought that character, and then um, one of the guys at work. Yeah got into him and he's like yeah you have any Constantine back issues and so I sold him the whole series cuz he was he was very enthused about it and I said here you go it's there there there's probably at the time I don't think there was maybe 25 issues that I didn't sell him and uh so he he just loved it and I I think the character's great but after a while it just seemed if if the creative team wasn't one that I was like really hot about, uh, after a while I just started saying, well, you know, what, I don't really have to have that, so I stopped buying it. And I, I I'm almost I almost feel bad because I should keep buying it with Simon Bisley well, on it. Well, Jesus and well, who, and who Sean are, Murphy.
3: Oh, well, I mean, who who are the, some of the people that have worked on it?
0: Jesus Ellis. Um, yeah. Delano, Milligan, uh, Richard Richard Corbin did an arc of of Hellblazer, uh, um, uh, Criminal. What the hell's his name? Sean Phillips? Sean Sean Phillips did it for a long time. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's a great looking book, and I mean, really top shelf, but I tired of it after a while because it was, uh, it is constantine i mean if you get tired of the character of constantine you're going to walk away from the book and after 200 issues i was like i think i've read all the Constantine stories i want to read but then when you go throwing names around like sean murphy you know it's hard to resist
3: yeah it's it's really nice stuff you know um uh 11 o'clock um favorite um artist and writer who has declared himself as the preeminent uh Constantine expert
0: i don't know who
3: jeff Lemire, huge really? Fan.
0: really I did not know huge. that wow
3: uh, whenever whenever i um w- we talked about it, God, maybe a year year and a half ago i was like i i want to start knowing you know i want to learn more about about Hellblazer, I, you know, I want to know more about, about John Constantine, Jeff sent me an email. He's like, I am the world's, like, preeminent Constantine expert, and here's what you should read. I was, it was awesome. And, yeah, he laid out a bunch, of, uh, a bunch of different graphic novels for me, and I went out and grabbed him, and, and he was right. You know, it was the great, great Hellblazer stories. But, yeah, yeah. Jeff, is, Jeff is a huge Hellblazer fan.
0: I did not know that. It was speaking yeah. of Jeff,
1: he fucking did Jonah Hex, issue number 69. Oh, I haven't read it it's yet. Awesome. Awesome, yeah. Dude. So cool. To, people, I think, I bet you a whole generation of comic fans are forgetting or maybe don't even realize that Jeff, you know, is, is an artist storyteller as much as ever because he's starting to write a lot just without drawing but, that's yeah, great. Look, seeing him do Jonah Hex was a treat, man. I'm still mad at him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dude, he lets the story write itself. Don't be mad at him. Be mad at the characters.
3: <laughs> no, the 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 end of the end of Sweet Tooth three, volume three. I'm nah. I I don't know if I can forgive him for that.
0: <laughs> oh my god. You know, um, looking at John Constantine, it's amazing. Constantine, sorry, it's amazing what a blatant rip off Ellis's William Gravel is. So I've heard, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Gravel, like Strange Kisses and Stranger Kisses and, and just the Gravel series in itself. Is, it's really good stuff, but, I mean, it's basically John Constantine. Combat Magician, what's the difference? There, there, yeah. There's, you know, very little. And, and Gravel's that hard-drinking, you know, big uh, mountain of a man. I mean, John Constantine's not huge, but, I mean, they share, there's a lot of similarities between Gravel and Constantine. Oh, well. But the, the original Strange Kiss miniseries is great. It's really good. I mean, if you know, you might as well just imagine Constantine in that situation, but I liked it a lot. Yeah. Oh, well. Keep going. Sorry to derail.
1: Longest in your travels ever, by the way.
0: I know. <laughs> I am they only had one. I'm feeling good.
1: Yeah, but your one went for about 15 minutes.
0: Yeah. But that's, that's okay. What
3: happened. What happens whenever you bring quality to the conversation? <laughs> Holy Christ, when
0: are you going to start doing that?
3: <laughs> bring us home, David.
0: Yeah. Well, Jason, you didn't have an in oh, your. Oh, you're last. I'm sorry. It's it's David's turn. Damn it, Vince. I'm sorry. God. I'm new Did we to lose David. Did we? No, he's still there.
1: We can't hear him. We'll All right, well, I'll in. go while we're trying to figure out his situation. Uh, another image book for that ass, uh, and that would be. Uh, it's, it's actually a book I, I do want to talk about. Maybe I'll talk about it in a week or two. Um, Moriarty, The Dark Chamber. Uh, I am a huge Sherlock Holmes fan, and so I was very excited about this book. Uh, and uh, the first few issues just hadn't gotten around to reading them, but I did read them, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, basically, it is a look at Moriarty as an old man. Uh, he has basically been bored with his life ever since he killed Sherlock, and uh finally something has uh, piqued his curiosity, a case that's worthy of his skills, and uh this uh book takes you on that journey. And um it's by a team of uh, creators I have no prior experience with uh the writer is named Daniel Corey. Uh and the uh artist is uh, and I'm probably butchering his name, uh Anthony uh D it's D I E C I D U E. Uh, uh, again, very hard to say, but I'll say Uh and it's freaking awesome. It's very, it reminds me a bit of uh, Rebecca Isaac's stuff. Um, he, he, a lot of it's uh, inked right over, uh, colored right over his pencils, but it's really really nice uh, stuff, so um, so far so good. I'm really enjoying uh, the
0: start of this uh, mini. It is pretty. Yes. Yeah. David, where are you at? Wow. Is that heard a, hang a up flick. Yeah, I heard a click, too. Well,
1: there you go. Well, you did two of them, so I guess we can say goodbye for David.
0: Yeah. Oh, well.
3: David, where are you?
0: This is sad. I hate to Call have me. <laughs> All right, everybody. So, uh, thank you for being here. We'll be here again next week. I hope you will be, too. I hope David's here. Sure. Yeah. And uh, so, we'll see you. And we love oh, and it, very... If
1: you, very uh, any you mark ass busters out there feel like facing off against some uh, real competition in fantasy football on the forums is a uh, thread for the uh, eleven o'clock football sign-up. So make it make it rain, bitches. <laughs> I'm slipping mark-
3: I'm flipping in the baseball league, man.
1: Dude, I know I was. About, you know, two two and a half weeks ago, you were first and I was second, and I was about to talk about how awesome it is that the hosts are dominating the league. And then I checked today, and I'm sixth and you're fourth. I don't know what happened.
3: Yeah, I know. I hadn't, been, I hadn't been out of first place since like week two.
1: I know. And I had caught up from, I was, I was started off in the basement, moved only at the way up to second. I was like, yeah, I'm going to make, make this interesting. And all of a sudden, we got do a out. of
0: stupid, game. Do they shorten Mark-ass Buster to just like Buster? Because I think the phrase is so cumbersome. Like to call somebody <laughs> a Mark-ass Buster, it, it just doesn't roll off the tongue <laughs> a, as easy as Buster. Now, he's a Buster. That's fun. That's, that's easy to say but yeah, Mark Mark has Buster that's just weird I don't know huh? I'm sorry blame that's it on good. the blame it on the old English
1: the Woo! Of, my, of my Uncle Cleo just get in where you fit in that's
0: right hey everybody again thanks for being here we'll be back next week we hope you come join us cause we ain't stopping say bye bye oh, bye 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 just say no it was like, oh, damn it, the you song? No, he's, he's uh, those oh. audio's fucked up. He said, he said like, we, we sounded in slow motion.
3: Really? Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: So, throw one throw on back to, for David, because he loves you, too. I know it.